I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make art. I'm Avsonensky and Alex. It's almost like you were made in a lab by Dr. Frankenstein. He took the worst aspects of 10 different people and put them into you. And I'm Allie Lasher, and my mother thinks you're mental. <laughs> what a delivery. By you, Emily, it works Sophia. on many levels. Yeah. It is true. My mother does think we're all mental for being here. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, A Curb, your enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss season 11, episode 7, Irma Kostrowski. What an unpleasant woman, which originally <laughs> aired on December 5th, 2021. Av, we have a very special guest here this week. It's uh, it's not Irma Kostrowski herself, but it's a lady who's much more pleasant. That's Ali Lasher. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sandwiched between like a, an array of incredibly qualified guests. And frankly, like. I, I'm probably the least qualified, maybe besides Chappelle, who I love. I love that he comes on to talk about two episodes, but. The only two he's ever my, seen. <laughs> yeah, my only qualification is like arguing with men on dating apps that Seinfeld is better than Curb. So like I have to keep a steady knowledge of Curb to keep that up. Well, how do you define qualifications? <laughs> like, like, Not very like why is stringently. Being, why is being on the show Curb inherently a better qualification to do this Michigas with Avani? Why is being on the show Curb a be- what? Like you're saying? How oh, you, you oh, don't like as opposed to Jonas the Roofer. Can I just say, I did not know he was going to be a guest. Obviously, who could have foreseen that? But the fact that I made him the come with guy and then he was like, come on, not, not bad. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Why don't yeah, you, you made it. Realize yeah, that you, existence. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You spoke it out into the world. So I guess you're, you're, you, you gave yourself the come with gal this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always my own come with gal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've become a real addict to this podcast. I got to say. As you know, because I blow up both of your messages. And when you don't answer, I take it to the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm very flattered. I like that you're uh, you're you're coming in, you know, late, but powering through it. It's such an impressive coming in late, late, but strong. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm caught up. I'm like fully caught up. I, and fast. I'm also a one Xer. Like, let's be real. I listen to all of your podcasts in like three weeks on one X. <laughs> so so you're and saying, I listen to so fish in the dark better. I love that you did like a reading of fish in the dark what the hell was that that was amazing <laughs> wait you uh, listen to yeah, the audio some... of that I I yes I listened to the, your podcast about it oh no but you didn't listen to the audio of fish in the dark no because I obviously would have had to message you to send me the audio that uh, I didn't take that step yeah no it was in the uh, show uh, it was in the show notes yeah I did provide it but notes. it was uh not so much. gotta check the show notes <laughs> I don't even I write my own show notes on on my podcast and they're terrible. No, only on NGOG. Writing show notes is not fun. (laughs) You should see it's very on the challenge uh, wrap up. Brian always wrote the show notes. Now, I don't think he does anymore, but it was like, Allie and Brian do this, this, this. If you like check like six months later, it was like Allie and Brian show up. (laughs) Like, like, like subscribe. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you run out of stuff. Um, people don't even read them. Yeah. So how are, uh, how are you enjoying having her back in your life this season? 
So I do have to say, I, so like, I, I am very familiar with Curb. I'm not like you freaks. I loved how you were like schooling the editor on like what has happened in the past. And he was like, we should contact you. Like, hey, you should. Um, how many invites to the set and to co- collaborate are you guys going to get compared to how many that are actually going to come through <laughs> next oh. season? Yeah, well, I, I, you can't divide I sus- by zero. So yeah, I suspect that the denominator will be uh, higher on that. You look like you could use a really long lap dance. <laughs> that should have been my opening. I should have quoted from Jonas the Roofer. That was so amazing. Anyway, um, no, so like I'm very, I'm, I'm very fluent in Curb, but I am a, a bigger Seinfeld fan um, than I am a Curb fan. But I, I still love Curb. I agree with what you guys say that like even the worst Curb is better than than most shows. Um, but I think like season nine is the first season that I even I like watched as appointment television um and not just like here and there but having your podcast has really enhanced my like excitement to watch the episode and I find myself thinking like who's the come with guy like who's the asshole whatever and I'm not obviously like sucking up to you guys I would be mean it like hurts me to be saying this um but so I I have I've liked the season I am normally very uh whatever like i'm like that was a survivor also like any episode of survivor is a good episode of survivor right but you guys are making me more critically critical which nobody needs um but but i've enjoyed the season i i didn't love last week's episode but i i have otherwise enjoyed every episode all right well that's very flattering still enjoyed last week's episode like spiro Thank you, Allie. I mean, Av, I think you and I are both definitely clearly Seinfeld fans over Curb. If like gun to your head, you have to pick one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Seinfeld yeah. has definitely like I've seen Seinfeld many, many times. Curb, like this is for many of the episodes we watched. It was literally my second time seeing the episode. Like I haven't done like the full Curb rewatch before this. The way I've done Seinfeld ten times. Yeah, I don't. Even, I'm I'm currently listening to Seinfeld on uh, on my podcast app. Um, so wait, why have you guys discussed this? Why why do you why Curb and not Seinfeld? You didn't want to compete with Kiwi's bread and butter. You just wanted to compete with his side project. No, I mean, it um, was, I think Av it was I your own said, side. Wait, no, I think Av and I both that? said the same thing, which is like, we wanted there to be a curb podcast. We en- like, we enjoyed the Seinfeld podcast that, that Robin Akiva did. We wanted to continue it into a curb podcast. Um, if someone else would have done it, um, I would have been happy to listen to it. If someone else would have asked me to do it, like if Akiva would have asked me, I would have done it with him also. No offense off, but I'm like very glad the way it worked out, but it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. a particular desire to do this inherently. It was like wanting to hear it done. So me too, because then I get extra spite on Akiva and my one my one woman war against Akiva because <laughs> I, the only episode of Akiva's curb podcast I've listened to has been the crossover one with you guys. I listened to it on this feed. So oh, wow. I continue right. to, to wage a one sided war. That no Another one for pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, Alec, can I, can I ask you a question? And I might have to edit this out of the podcast. You can tell me if I need oh, to. Oh, God, you're definitely going to. Don't call me at work to ask if you have to edit this out like the first time I met you. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right. So I said to Akiva, I said, oh, no. <laughs> I said to him, I said, I said, tell me honestly, <laughs> with which woman's in your life, with which relationship do you spend more time worrying about? Allie's or, or, or Mara's? Oh, obviously Allie's. There's no question. Mara's well, seems like in the background. No, no, no. That's because obviously 
his relationship with Mara doesn't hang in the balance. Like, right. <laughs> we're she, walking she has a higher tolerance rope. than you do, clearly. <laughs> well, yeah, she's I, got more to lose. I mean, also so much <laughs> less to lose still somehow, but she's built a life with this man. I, I could just clip anyone at you, any time. You've built, you've built a podcast. <laughs> I, I feel like NGOG has more followers than the Wienerker household. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my perspective, you're much more of a main character than Mara. <laughs> no. No, Mara, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did he say? Obviously, it's me because I threatened to clip him every week. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to find the exact response since I'm blowing up his spot here. Yeah. Yeah. Mara is probably more of like a once every once a quarter type situation. <laughs> she, she has to like hold him accountable. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I would venture to guess that okay. Akiva has never been held accountable in his life <laughs> prior right. to entering the RHAP universe. Like, I think other players in this <laughs> right. world have held him accountable is generally there's no accountability from like birth to now <laughs> yeah the, the exact right. question i said is do you spend more time worrying about your relationship with mara or your relationship with ali <laughs> I, I i won't say his answer because you know he did not he said it in a private setting and I'm, i can only uh, you can only I violate, love how you pull you I can only violate my own confidentiality i would prefer you not read the answer but i just um I, I think it's funny that you pulled the question to read the question that you said that you asked. <laughs> like you didn't add any. Well, I wanted to have accuracy because I, I don't know if I said it. Yeah. Right. Old self old to yeah. yourself. No, I'm fact checking um, myself. Yeah. All right. Okay. But listen, let's not be uh, Elaine and George who, when they get together, can only talk about Jerry. Let's talk about, about myself Jerry. a little bit more. Not that anybody listening cares about this, but. Internet's unstable. So am I. So I don't know if this is if you can hear me, but no, but I haven't done a podcast. I do two podcasts a week. I haven't done a podcast in like two, three weeks. This is my, my re-debut, my review. All right. What an honor then that we have it here on pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, did you guys like this episode? I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm stepping on the, the toes of the showrunner here, but. No, it's, it's all good. I like this episode. Um, I don't think this is the best episode, but I think uh, I had a lot of I thought there was a, a lot of laughs. Um, I thought the uh, the Kostrowski character was super fun. Um, so, yeah, I liked it overall. Yeah. Why don't we wait? To, I will say uh, I agree with Av that it was not the uh, the best episode. I was going to say episode. I love this episode. I was laughing so hard, like multiple lols, but one there's a totally different watching experience you're watching in anticipation of doing a podcast which you guys do every week um worse you're saying i think generally it's worse every week like the that you do it it becomes work but just in general no if i'm sitting down as a one-time guest on a podcast i feel like i enjoy the episode more because i pay so much more attention like i'm not on my phone i don't miss bits like right and and because it's you two I had to like rewatch it twice because God forbid, like I don't do a second watch and tell you how my notes differed from my first watch. I've, I've never done a second watch on any of my five in podcasts in seven and a half years. I have never watched an episode twice except for you freaks to come here and talk about this. But um, I enjoyed it. I like laughed harder on the second watch. Of t- I felt like Alex. I got my second watch notes. I got my first watch notes. So many honors here for pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I'll say this, that when I didn't, initially start this like when I, when we started this podcast when i started like watching the episodes i didn't think i would end up rewatching most of them anyways but in the beginning i didn't think i was going to be doing so and so the first watch was too stressful because i couldn't just appreciate <laughs> it because i had i had to take all these notes so now i like when i do the first watch especially now in season 11 with the new episodes on sunday night i go out of my way to be very relaxed very not taking notes 
you know, like lying in bed with Jen, for example, usually, which is not a place. How do you go out of your way to be relaxed? Because I'm just saying, because I want to be not (laughs) focused. I want to be like not focused on the podcast and taking notes and like commenting on like how this this is connected to Seinfeld or this connected to something we've seen earlier. I just want to watch the show the way my wife does. And so I watch like at her pace. Like if I try to pause to take notes or rewind, which I do once or twice, even in my first watch, she will like immediately shoot it down. Like, what you mean if you, you pause doing? and rewind to stop to read the description of the city councilwoman? <laughs> per, perhaps. Where you like, can't perhaps. get a good shot. Yeah. It, yeah. it ruins the first watch. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So yeah, my wife is like, why don't you do that when you're watching later by yourself? Like, yeah. So I do the same. I watch it with my wife. I watch it at normal speed like a normal person. And then I come back and watch it at least one more time um, for podcast purposes. Because uh, I like to be thorough. We like to be thorough on this podcast. Yeah. We, I call like- bullshit on both of you. Maybe when you're watching with your wives, it's different. But I feel like I, my first watch is always notes, 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 notes. The second watch is like sprinkle the extra shit you missed. No, so I do no, the opposite. But, I yeah, like to enjoy you're it. You're not enjoying, you don't, you don't get the enjoyment of the first one. Then. If I know what I'm going to enjoy, I've never enjoyed, I haven't enjoyed something since I'm seven years old. Why am I going to start now with my first watch versus Fair. my second? So try watching Curb without taking notes. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you have to be watching with someone else because you have to force yourself to prevent yourself. Because if you're watching by yourself, you will pause. Yeah, maybe. I'm okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, so Curb I, is a Curb is a phone away uh, show for me. I have I have you know Curb, Succession. You know, there are shows I put away my phone for. There are shows that I hold on to my phone. Ah. Curb is a phones away. Mm. I can't wait for the 32 fans patron podcast of you guys ranking phones away shows <laughs> versus phone shows. There you go. There you go. There's oh, a whole good. series. So it'll be able yeah. to yeah, eight parts. <laughs> yeah, like like sports unless it's like stressful moments for your team is very much a phone show survivor also a phone show that's blasphemy let's move because, on before because it's we live when, when anything, anything that's live is phone because you're you're sharing the experience with others like friends who are watching in other parts of the world if you do if you're doing it that way <laughs> okay but, yeah. Yeah. but that i wouldn't classify as a phone to me i think what i've meant is like you're browsing the internet you're crushing yeah. candy or whatever else yeah, you yeah. do on your phone that's right. not my business yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Checking it's, out the 32 distra- fans patron group. Yeah, but it's distracting your brain from focused on what you're focusing so that, on. So that cross promotion there. Yes, well done. I yeah. heard you went ham in the 32 fans. Babe. I also messaged Akiva, even when we're in the midst of a feud. He told me you. I went ham. Went r- rankings crazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You went trafe in the 32 fans group. <laughs> I, I ranked I ranked uh, in uh, attractiveness. Uh, every single sitting head of government around the world and head of state, because in most countries, those are two different people. Mm-hmm. And now, by do you the feel way, a guilt for towards all, Joe Biden? Hold on. For all, the, because- for all the countries that are part of the Commonwealth, for example, where technically Queen Elizabeth II is the head of state. No, no, no. That's a cop out. I, I checked who the governor general was for each country then. So, I mean, I really went deep. I looked so like- I have two <laughs> questions about yeah. this, and then you could edit this out because this is a good podcast that I'm ruining. But um <laughs> Yeah, we normally stay right on schedule with no distractions. (laughs) Well, at least you're usually inspired by Curb. I guess we're getting to government, so we're like (laughs) sort of there. Um, I guess. What a second. (laughs) Well, you you had a gaffe with Joe Biden, so I wonder if your guilt like pushes him higher. Maybe you just find him to be an attractive older man. But I'm I'm more curious to know how many you had to look up and how many you just like knew how you felt about their appearance. Well, I mean, I certainly knew how I felt going in for the ones that I know of. You strike me as a guy but, who knows what a lot of world leaders look like. No, no, but, I, but, I, to, but to be fair and objective, I judged it by the picture on the top of their Wikipedia page for each one. 
Now, I, I will note that there are some, there are some who don't have pictures, in which case I had a Google image search them. It got a little more complicated for the more obscure ones. Could what you was, do a uh, flash theory you know, check? In terms of like you'd have to spouses. check your spouses. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Emmanuel Macron. That's the next. That's the next episode. So, so spouses of world leaders. Yeah. Well, I've done the I've done the first the first ladies before. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we've, I, that's been right along with the presidents, of course. Um, yeah. So, but we were talking. Emmanuel Macron is my number one because of his chiseled jawline and his blue eyes. You could stare at for hours, but also, you know, he is his wife is very famously is a couple decades older than him, which if the genders were reversed would be completely normal. No one would even bat an eye. But of course, because it's this direction, everybody makes a big deal about it. But she's also like incredibly beautiful. She's 68, but she's like an incredibly beautiful woman. And like she doesn't at all look like she's 68. So um, they're both very attractive and I'm very happy. Now, if she slept with when she was 37, a 17 year old man, do you think that there would be? How do you, oh, think you have to he imagine got the money to support his campaign to run for become to, to become the president of France? You have to imagine I'm watching this episode like, oh, my God, Alex Chester is probably the last person I want to come talk about this episode with <laughs> this with this like theme. But I have a question and then I will be quiet and I can can do his thing. Um, I've derailed this enough, but. You guys talk often about and, and this isn't just you guys. This is sort of like in the in the culture of discussing curb, which I am new to. Um, about like if someone's famous enough to be playing themselves on curb or not. And I've now I get to jump through. This is like the one question I've withheld from blowing up your WhatsApps. I almost called it. Who's that instead of WhatsApp? I'm like, Oh my God. Um, is it measured by famous in the curb world? Like how you always remind us that Larry didn't do curb in curb or because I, I have a lot of questions about Ted, Ted Danson's fame in that in that respect. Like, I don't think uh, yeah, the, the Curb, show happened. Curb but, doesn't exist. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not famous because of Curb. But Ted Danson also didn't about do. Everything else the Curb uh, world exists. So he did. No, but oh, so Ted Danson did The Good Place in Curb. Why, why not? He just didn't Well, because I haven't addressed it. He's just been like living in L.A., like married to Cheryl, like doing dicking around. <laughs> but they don't always oh. mention what what Larry's friends do for jobs. We still don't know what Marty Funkhauser does for a job. Anyway, the question getting back to it is like, yeah. or is it like famous? So is it like Kaylee Cuoco is, or you're basically saying aside from curb, it doesn't matter. It's neutral. It's the same assessment. Are, yeah, we're just, yeah. We're, we're not, it's not like a butterfly effect of like how curb. Yeah, we don't, we haven't gotten to that. Maybe we should, maybe we should do an episode where we cover. No, like no, no. I just that clears timelines. things up for me. Well, no, my um, assumption is that but the, it's always, the it's always, enthusiasm it, and the world that we live in. Yeah. Are identical, except for that which they tell us explicitly is different. So, yeah. the, all right. Well, this the is show actually... Curb doesn't exist, but other than, and like the, the, there's no comedian named Jeff Garland because Jeff Green is is Larry's, you know. So does that mean then the Goldbergs never happened? So if you're assessing the fame yes. of so, okay, so now you're getting, Covey, now you're what's her name, Linda Co- Covey, right? Because yeah. Jeff Garland, she like couldn't be. Jeff Garland would not have been famous enough to do have a the lead of the show on the network without well, curb enthusiasm. Is George Seagal dead? Is that his name? Who, who the grandfather? What's the guy's name? I love the Goldbergs. I don't know any of the people in it. Oh, I don't watch the show. So no, but know. you're not. But now you're Wendy actually raising, you're raising a good question. Is there anybody in the world of curb who has died, who has not died in the real world? And I don't think so. Like Larry divorced his wife on curb after he got divorced in real life. Larry's parents died after they died in real life. I think. Uh, 
Well, yeah, well, we don't know what secondary and tertiary, you know, effects there has been to the things that Larry David has put into the world. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's that's actually what about fake funerals. Yet. Does that count fake deaths? Now, now Avi, you just blew my mind. Like I was sort of idiotically thinking that the only impact of Curb in the world is the fact that there's a show on you know, every, you know, 100 episodes of. But yes, everything in our world, we live in a post Curb enthusiasm world every day. And it's impossible to remove that from our. Yeah. So it's a completely alternative universe. Completely. Okay. I'm glad your mind's blown on that. I have another question because you guys have speculated that we're like post COVID in this world. Oh, has that been confirmed? Well, in this episode, um, it's been confirmed that it's 2021. So I was going to say. I, I've been like screaming at my podcast. Like, I don't agree that it is like a year into the future. Well, that was tongue in cheek. I don't think that that was Larry's intent. I just think I don't that- know. It was tongue in cheek. No, they just they just were wrong in their prediction of what life would look like in you know late 2021. Well, frankly, or they just I didn't have no care. interest I think in COVID they didn't media. Care. Yeah, let's like let's. I don't need to watch like them all in masks. Oh, for sure. No, I, I watched like one or two shows that had like an episode where people wearing masks and it's horrible. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah. Much like okay. real life. <laughs> Why don't we talk about um, this week's episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Um, oh. Interesting. Can we do that? Is that, a, is that a good suggestion? Hey, um, I'm sorry. I was interested. I jumped through my phone and had some questions for you guys. No, oh, that's great. It's all good. It's all critical. <laughs> um, unless anyone has any other business they'd like to get into first. That's fine. <laughs> But just now, you know, speak now um, or we're going to do uh, season 11, episode seven. Irma Kostrowski, directed by Jeff Schaefer, story by Larry David and Jeff Schaefer and one Nathaniel Stein, um, who I don't know who he is. Um, I think this is his first uh, writing credit on Curb, So that's exciting for him. Sounds like a Jew. Uh, yes. <laughs> Okay, so we're at this um, event, a uh, campaign is happening where Susie's, you know, I guess, you know, the lead fundraiser on behalf of this candidate. And she's speaking Look at on behalf Susie of- in the community. Yeah, she's like the top of the synagogue. She's leading the political campaigns. <laughs> like what an active woman she is. Why does it shock me that she's hosting this fundraiser? Like it just and I don't I just I don't have a reason. I just was like, hmm. And is Jeff just not even in attendance? No, of course or not. Was he he knows, there. He like, he's that. not even there. Yeah, all Somehow his Larry are. gets directly. Yeah. Larry and Richard have to be there. <laughs> yeah. I guess it sounds like Richard is there voluntarily. That's a great uh, point. Why is Larry there? I think Richard dragged him there. I mean, Jeff didn't care enough to go there. Yeah, he's there through yeah. Richard because, you know, he talks later about the whole, you know, imbalance of the obligations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So can, we have can Larry. We, can we, because Allie has uh, triggered this in me. Can we talk okay. about the uh, the Jimmy Mayhew of it all, as, Larry, as Allie would say? Sure. Okay, so first of all, get me out of here. I want Santa, to eject. Santa Monica voters don't even elect the mayor. That's the okay. <laughs> they vote for seven members of a city council on staggered terms, and those seven then choose one of themselves to be the mayor. Oh. Um, it is deal. therefore an extremely, like, relatively minor mayoralty, and there is no chance that a guy could go from mayor of Santa Monica to president. I say understanding that Sarah Palin was like a, a similar mayor. Yeah, people have gone from less. Yes. Um, like, you know, so from a, you know, they could have made it like the mayor of L.A. unless that's because that's like a real person everybody knows. So they couldn't make a fake mayor of L.A., but they've made fake like famous people before. Like they had the fake owner of the Dodgers, for example. Right. 
Well, what works perfectly for for me with this is like how low stakes it is. And like that Larry's so invested to get his like little like, uh, well, it's a big issue for him, but the ordinance yeah. oh, like, we'll, we'll get to the ordinance. like yeah. no, but I'm just saying like, it, like the stakes are so tremendously low that it's hilarious. Like that, yeah. that anybody would even like go to a watch party for right. um, uh, the mayor of Santa Monica. Is well, incredible. no, no, I just, I mean, I have a, a small amount of a uh, uh, political like town politics experience. Yeah, oh, you, I was going to say ran, you ran once and you lost. You're <laughs> salivating to sit in those yeah. city council seats. You're the first person I thought of when I when they went in. <laughs> no, that, but I'm like, saying, very no, but I will say council this. chamber. No, but but seeing how like city councilors and mayors and like how they work in terms of like campaigns and stuff like if, if there is a so in the world where you can vote for Santa Monica mayor. So in the world of curb, right? Like you have an incumbent mayor and there's somebody else who's challenging this incumbent. Now, in a town like Santa Monica, they're obviously all Democrats. So it's obviously I'm skipping to one and a half X when I'm listening <laughs> to this now. But um, and by the way, it's actually it's it's, it's nonpartisan. The uh, the seven seats. In OK, anyway. But the point is, you would never a sitting a sitting city councilor would never openly campaign for a challenger against the incumbent like this. Right, especially like Irma Kostrowski yeah. can't be told shit. Okay, <laughs> she takes her substitute teacher suit and she does what she so. wants. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, so let's go back to uh, to to our our political event here, hosted by Susie. By the way, did you yeah. guys see Vance in the audience? Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> no, Van- Vance, who we last saw, who took a vow of silence. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in the front row and he's he's nodding his annoying uh, <laughs> smile, his fancy <laughs> smile. But he's not oh, talking, of course. Is he credited? I don't think I saw him credited. Is I he? don't think he was credited. No, because I had to look up his name from that other episode. Did you notice that your second watch or your first watch? No, that I noticed right away. First watch, oh, baby. Oh, oh, you <laughs> that was my relaxed way? watch. No, I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> wait, oh, can we see that or no? Um, I don't have that. Oh, wait, I could pull it. Yeah, I could. Give me a yeah, second. it's like the first second, the first shot of the of the episode. All right. While, while you pull that, uh, Allie, what else is going on? <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me talk about. Oh, oh no. Oh, when you said you're gone, you've shared the screen. This always throws me when it happens at work. Um, I, I, right. I feel very invasive when somebody's screen share like takes over yeah. my whole screen. Like, right, I did not is, get there permission. Is, there he is. You passed them. Once in a lifetime. He's right here. Uh, I realize you can't see my mouse. Who's a person? Tell me what to pause. About our community, and that pause. Man is here. He's right there. You can. He's sort of in Susie's oh, hair. Oh yes, yes. Incredible call on when to pause. You like said pause before it flipped. That yes, was very good. Thing. Yes. All right. So he's sitting. He's just sitting quietly in the front row. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, he he he. Uh, yeah. He certainly respects the rules that that Larry and Richard <laughs> don't. So Richard, like, it was sort of like a little awkward on Twitter, like last year. He sort of like begged Larry to come back on the show for an episode, despite the fact that he was sick. But it worked, and Larry brought him on for this episode. Well, when he tweeted though that Larry invited him, that Larry, that, like, I saw, so I was confused because I he. I saw a tweet where he was like, "I'm so lucky, Larry invited me back and asked if I'd be strong enough for an episode." Yeah, but that was the so follow-up. So the first one was he. Um, he grumbled. He said something about how, like, you know, he's so happy to hear the curb is back. Uh, you know, he wishes he could participate. He, you know, he knows that it was out of concern that he was sick, but he really should. He wishes he could still participate or something like that. And then, I mean, I, I don't know if it was in response to that, but seemingly in response to that from chronologically, he was on the episode and then he tweeted the second tweet. Uh, well, or, maybe he just got better. Maybe he was always welcome. 
but then it turned out. I, I, I think the implication of what I read was he was not on and sort of grumbled about it. And so they sort of get, but, but I could be wrong. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know the backstory. Uh, maybe well, he'll come out and tell us, but honestly, I was moved. so happy. Like I, what? Well, let me ask you, Ali, because I think a lot of this, uh, viewers of the show have mixed opinions of Richard Lewis. Like what, what's your feelings on him as a character? Well, speaking of guys on dating apps, someone once told me um, in person that Richard Lewis was their favorite character on Curb. And I almost fell out of my seat because, like, I couldn't believe it'd be anyone's favorite character. He'd be anyone's favorite character. Was this on a first date, Allie? It was. That's the thing you say on a first date to be remembered, which this that gentleman clearly is. Yeah, no, for sure. It's yeah. like it's like it's like a take that you have. That's like it's not really your how you feel, but like you. I'd have to explain way. so much more about this guy for you to realize that, like, no, it's just genuinely. Richard we're, here, we're, we're dressed all, we're in here black. all night. All in black. <laughs> we're here all night. Um, no, but I have to say that this exchange between them was one of my favorite of the season. Yes. So, like, I. I thought it was so funny. I laughed out loud so hard. You could tell that he was unwell. I will say that. And yeah. like, I think his cadence was obviously different, whatever. But also that Larry says, so when will you just die already? When will you just die? <laughs> and he has a real laugh. And he's Richard Lewis is taken aback. It was just so great. Yeah. I'm so glad they kept that in. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. It was it was one of the it was one of the better Larry Richard interactions, I think. Yeah, the uh <laughs> The obligation imbalance, I think, is a really fun curbism um, that really rang true, um, not just like in that situation, but just like the whole like imbalances and relationships um, is just something that's, I think, really fascinating that they kind of like nailed here. I also thought that was genius as someone who went to a theater school to not do theater. The, the obligation imbalance is incredible of like shows you have to attend and things you have to do and you have nothing to invite the people back to. But also, like as a as a theater fan myself in New York, box box seats at a theater are like not good seats. And he's like, I got you the good seats in the box, maybe for a celebrity because you're unbothered. But I can't imagine a worse seat for Larry David to sit in than like a box seat at a theater where everyone can like ogle him. So you're not a fan of the Mussolini view? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I loved. He's like, I confuse it with Mucinex or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, th- this Jimmy Mayhew speech, I'm very underwhelmed. Like, I don't know wh- uh, why people are voting for this guy. He says, why health are you and- listening to the speech? <laughs> health and safety are the cornerstones of a great democracy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we're going to learn later what his real love uh, legislative priorities are. So. Yeah. What are you looking for in a local politician, Alex? What? <laughs> Or I want your someone, campaign. Yeah, someone who respects that. wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, no children allowed <laughs> in restaurants. That, yes. that whole that whole campaign platform. Yeah, we'll like. get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So Richard, uh, Richard is you know he's doing the airing of grievances against Larry, and Larry uh, eventually you're just like the worst dressed person. Uh, just looking at you makes me depressed. Why are you just gonna die? Will you just die already? Um, I considered using that as my opening line, but I thought that was a little bit over the line. They actually <laughs> took that little known fact, uh, an NGOG episode we did not release. They they took that from that. Actual, actual <laughs> quotes from that episode. Oh, yeah. Interesting, because um, New Girl stole the um, the apricot being the, the safe word. Oh, I haven't oh, watched New Girl in a minute. Of. <laughs> like, uh, I, I watched like half a season of New Girl uh, just yesterday, actually. Oh, OK. Um, so, yeah. So Larry all of a sudden notices that the guy sitting a couple rows ahead. Report. 
from everyone on New Girl. We're back to the episode. <laughs> this podcast is already so deranged. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, we, could be, we could be here all night. <laughs> could be. Um. So yeah. So Larry spots um a couple rows ahead is the guy who's playing Young Larry in the show. We finally get to meet Young Larry. Um, the show had been cast seemingly without Young Larry last episode, uh, but now here he is. Um, and he taps the lady in front of him and is like, "Hey, can you tap that guy? Because I want to talk to him." And she's like, "No, maybe he doesn't want to be tapped." And Larry's like, "Trust me, he wants to be tapped. If he knew." that I was trying to tap his shoulder and I wasn't able to, he'd be very upset that I didn't get to tap his shoulder. Well, where do you guys fall on this? Because to me, no one would be more indignant about this request than Larry if it was made to him. <laughs> yes, for sure. If he was on the other side of it, he, if it was like something he cared about that we that. Um, yeah, there's no way this is flying. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I kind of hear it because like, you could just like whatever you do the tap and then it's like you're not responsible like if they're gonna be loud they're gonna figure out a way to be loud one way or another um so just like accommodate and move on but you're in the but like okay let's say she tap, first of all when larry reaches over her to t- try to tap him i'm laughing now thinking about that <laughs> but um if if she does the tap and he turns around you are caught in the crossfire of that And yes, it's like a speech and you're outside, but I think the seating does make it a little bit more formal and more rude to be speaking. Yeah. Um, I'm with Irma. I thought it was ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, it is ridiculous. But meaning if I was in that situation, I would probably just, you know, do the tap and then whatever. If let them get yelled at by someone else. But isn't Larry's tap much riskier for like a number of other reasons in 2021 or whatever year it is? People don't want to be touched in general. It's like a like a health issue. But then touching someone could be seen as like, you know, like a, a sexual. Like, there's a lot of risks here for Larry. I think you could get I think you could tap. I think you could tap. Yeah, yeah. I think it's tap tap someone on the shoulder. It yeah. depends. Yeah. Um, but I mean, tap in broad daylight. I think you're fine. Don't, 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 try, don't try and feel the fabric, though. Yeah. Irma <laughs> says, I don't like being tapped, so I'm not going to tap him. Um, and like any in any way, like the two of you haven't shut up since the entire time you've been here. So please just stop. Um, and they like make such a commotion that they get shushed by uh, Susie from the front. All the, the way from the front. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Larry then tries to do like a little reach around to get around to the tap, but she like blocks him. And, like, no, what is she around. doing at this point? She jumps out of her chair to take him. <laughs> Yeah. She's I'm sorry, he reached over her like yeah. she's completely right he is deranged it's hilarious though i mean but she initiates contact there the, pe- the penalty is on the defender he's situation. put contact over her shoulder by the reach yeah. i think reach around was very generous it's a reach over so, so reach he's, getting, he's already getting in her space uh, he's 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 invading her space for sure. okay yeah, probably. <laughs> it's so funny though <laughs> can we watch that clip can i request clips <laughs> we shall all oh, I'm pulling it up. i'll give you another compliment it's yeah. incredible the level of editing that goes into the show with the sound like i don't think people appreciate what's happening here that's it <laughs> oh, yeah it's not as hard as it sounds you could just request a clip on it it you're, is hard i do it i can't do it with jonas for uh most complimentary guests most complimentary guests all right yeah, but we're only like- going up and up <laughs> But but mine don't have like a double. Who's next? Like, I know you guys I want love my ass the movie. Sixteen times. <laughs> I know you guys love the movie Revenge of the Nerds. You freaks! Like that's the best. <laughs> you said that to us, right? Yeah, he said that to you. It was so yeah. funny. I've never seen that movie, by the way. You guys were like, yeah. <laughs> 
You know, you mid-level celebrities. You think you're so smart with all your banter. Just... I love that too. Mid-level <laughs> celebrities. Well, can we pause? Pause for a second. <laughs> Richard Lewis is much more famous from Curb, or at least because of Curb, than reignited like the fame from his earlier things. Like if no, if Curb doesn't exist in that yes. world, he's not mid-level. He's like yeah. tier like J. Yeah, she shouldn't know who he is. Well, but he's doing like sold out Broadway shows in New York. Like he's more famous in Curb than he is here. Eh, I think he could sell out a show. Because of Curb, without Curb? No, not without Curb. Oh, no. So what I'm, saying, what I'm saying is in the world of Curb, he's oh. doing shows in, in you know Broadway. What? That's a place where the Matrix is broken. They forgot yeah. about the fact that he, Richard <laughs> Lewis without Curb is like, like he was, he plays King Richard in Robin in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and like he w- he had some funny stand up in like the seventies and eighties, and like that's about it. Like let's I hate to say it, like this show rebuilt him, I think. And so, yeah, he's not mid level. Is Larry mid level in the world of? But Curb? I think he's li- yeah. mid level in the world of Curb. Yeah, but how did he get there? That's not for us. Yeah, to I think I think he's in. I think his his fame is overinflated in the world of Curb compared to what it would be in a real life version of Curb. Well, maybe in the absence of of Curb, he just started another sitcom for 15 years. All right, let's watch The Reach. I called for the clip. Maybe Richard Lewis is playing the character that Jeff Garland plays in the Goldbergs in our world. Maybe that's Richard Lewis's character in there. No, he's. it's not for him. (laughs) It's not. I wouldn't cast him. All right. We're going to get Bob. Yeah, we're going to get into more of this stuff in a little bit. There's the the next uh, the next scene has a lot of this uh, type of uh, things to probe. Let's see. And safety are the cornerstones of a great democracy. They are the foundation (laughs) Of the house where the American dream lives. And to me, <laughs> all right, let's see. <laughs> contact, contact, yes. incidental contact, but contact nonetheless. Can we, we slow mo? Wait, he contacts her? <laughs> yes, for sure. There's gentle contact. It's incidental, but it stands. Let's see. Yeah, can we get slow motion here off? Um, you mid level. Let's see if I can do that. <laughs> what a great <laughs> place to freeze. Speed. Slower. Okay. I gotta say, an incredible. Oh my God, we're getting slow mo <laughs> for the audio medium. This is perfect. <laughs> the slow motion Susie Shush is amazing. <laughs> By the way, if you listen to the podcast in two X, it's now one X. So. <laughs> okay, I went back way too far. Yeah. Here are the foundation. It's it's coming up. It's coming up. All right, oh, here the, we go. The slow motion clapping is weird. Let's just watch it. All right. I want to work for you. Oh, did we miss it again? No, you missed no, no, it. You no, missed it's it. coming. It's coming. No, no, he, you missed it. Oh. <laughs> we already yeah. had the cornerstone of the great democracy. The third time we've heard this. <laughs> You're going to edit this out, right? And make this look no, good. This is all I just said how good this was. This it ain't going to look. Yeah, ending. no. Let's see. Here we go. Let's see. A brush. Uh, a brush. There's uh, a brush. I don't think so. There's a brush. He's definitely in her space. He's way too close to her. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the initiator. Yeah. Uh, By the way, he could have just he could have just spoken slightly louder and just gotten the attention of Asa. Also, why does he need to get Asa's attention so badly? (laughs) Right. You could talk to him after. Like it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he needs to know, under, know what his uh, demands are that he could be immediately. Um, I would say if you're not expecting someone in that way to be there, I would probably have the instinct to be like, get get his attention. I need, I, I'm here right. too. I'm here too. But there's a reception afterwards. Like we see the reception. Doesn't matter. I would be like, it's not very Larry, but it is very Allie. 
for whatever that's worth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Asa comes over. Um, he tells Larry how, you know, I'm so excited to see you. I'm so excited for the table read tomorrow. Um, he gives Larry a, a campaign pin to wear, and Larry's like, no thanks. And he tries to convince him, saying, like, you know, if you could even change one person's mind, it's worth it. That would be incredible. Um, and before they have a chance to go, Larry tells Asa, listen, you know, if there's anything that I can tell you about myself, you want to learn more about the character, like, feel free to ask whatever you want. I'm an open book, uh, maybe more like an open bad book that after 10 pages you want to put down, but, you know, a book nonetheless. The best part of this for me is when, uh, what's his name? Ace? Like, I couldn't get his name. Asa. Asa? Yeah, I never okay, heard so, this name before. ASA. So he, it's, he my, said, uh, it's my nephew's familiar. middle name. Oh, okay. So it's like, when it's he, like a um, name now. It sounds very similar to Aesop. You wouldn't think you would name somebody that in like in the <laughs> Orthodox. Well, um, no, it is. Setting. It's a biblical name. It's uh, somebody. It's some Navi. Oh, know. it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but, Ali, yeah. sorry. What were you going to say? No, when he says as artists and, and uh, Larry's like very subtle reaction. Yeah. Like, what? Like artists. I, I thought Larry's St. Petersburg, Florida hat argument was incredible. It, it's not, though. I thought it was brilliant. Well, one, because I do think that if you see someone with a shirt that's like Bahamas, you might be like, oh, right. And I do think name. I think it's like objectively known that name. A lot of people just go to the voting booth and vote based on like the name they've heard the most. Right. I I understand. I'm not saying logic. I'm just saying like as a retort, I just thought it was such a great retort. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood for you saying his argument was great, that the logic could be a part of that. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, I stepped into that. Yeah, one. so Susie comes, <laughs> Susie comes over. She's like, Larry, what was like, what was that about? What's all this fuss? And he's like, you know, I was just trying to get in touch with the guy sitting two rows in front of me. You know, who was that woman in the, in the room? Um, Susie's like, oh, that's Irma Kostrowski. She's a city councilwoman. She's very powerful. And Larry says, she is the most hideous, disagreeable person. She's just awful. And then he even goes hard R, calls her repugnant. Ooh. <laughs> Two? I was like, what you, wow, what yeah, I was here? afraid of you. After you dropped two C bombs on uh, the the Fish in the Dark podcast, never forget. But <laughs> um, two two questions on this. The first is, uh, it, it's a little, and and later when when uh, Asa is is getting like very like call me Larry. It's like their relationship is every character in the Seinfeld episode where they make the pilot like call me Elaine and then also right. like Kramer trying to give tips to the to the actor so uh, but like not in a way that I found too overlapping but my r- real question is is Irma Kostrowski sufficiently repugnant to like deserve that hard R as you put it um yeah I mean I, I don't think she quite lives up to the billing that Larry gives her here I, I agree with that she's like she's not she's unpleasant but like I've encountered what 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 what, the, what should they have done to make her worse, but still make it watchable? Well, I don't I actually don't. I think she was the perfect level of Republican. At oh, first, okay. my first reaction oh. was, is she sufficiently Repu-? like what's so bad about it? But the subtle ways that she is like gross, like the gas bubble, the way she wears like those <laughs> Bermuda shorts or like rose tinted lenses, the jewelry, <laughs> the haircut, like it's all so subtle and perfect. But she's also like, you could see that he's like actually wouldn't be totally disgusted by spending time with her, like in a way where she if she was like totally vile, it wouldn't be worth keeping up the charade of it. And I'll drop a hot take right now. Finally, Larry is like coupled with somebody who's like in his age demographic 
But doesn't I he make, doesn't he make they have such, that? They have such profound chemistry. This is the most <laughs> chemistry he's ever had with a female actress in any episode of Curb I've ever seen. I'm feeling it. But, but doesn't he say something about like how he doesn't want to be with some, like how being with someone his own age is so repugnant? <laughs> Does he say that? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, repugnant is the word that uh, John Hamm used to describe the character <laughs> that was based on him. Oh, and is uh, that intentional? I yeah, guess it is. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's a big uh, it's a big Larry David word. He uses the word repugnant a lot yeah. uh, in both Seinfeld and Curb. Um, yeah, I mean, the casting of Tracy Ullman is great. The costume, you know, the makeup, all that, obviously, just like they really created, like, as you said, like a very specific person, um, variations of which I'm sure we've all come across at like, you know, yeah. whether it's at like the DMV or just like someone who like really likes to wield their power that they've, you know, they don't really have, but like accepted like this one situation um always love those people um and yeah like yeah we'll get to her later like she's eating that salad that's like i think just lettuce yeah i don't know what she was eating there exactly i also it hate eating so on the phone i can't like if my mom calls me while she's eating i like hang up it just but you're pro- i thought you're pro eating on podcasts oh i eat on the phone i think i've discussed oh, this maybe okay. on <laughs> so it's- I, it doesn't bother me if somebody said that's disgusting i would agree and i would hang up but nobody's ever complained right right Okay. Watching more clips? Yeah, we got some clips for this one. Okay. Oh, you pre-cut the clip when you're I, expecting yeah, yeah, the play clips. It. Yeah, yeah, we have plans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. okay. Plot, um, plots and schemes are the same thing. Else. This is a, a <laughs> what did you say? That killed me when I messaged you. When you said uh, it should be like Larry loses weight or something because it's what did you say would be the improved? Did I say? It was like, what is it? It's like plots and the, the plots, the plots thickens. The plots thickens. You're uh, like, it should be the plots thickens, and then you'd expect a fat Larry. <laughs> Who said that? I said that. Yeah, it was oh. dying. The plots thickens. <laughs> um, all right, cut, let's cut that out. Cut that out. Okay. I'll edit this episode, so I'll edit out all of. <laughs> That works. Um, okay, so let's head to uh, the table read. See what our uh, first first look at the new young Larry cast all together for the first time. I'm living with him under no circumstances. Are you living with him? Yeah, that's what you think. I don't understand this. Who lives with the 75-year-old uncle? I do. Why can't you be normal? I'm perfectly normal. Marsha, am I normal? My mother thinks you're mental. <laughs> really? Yes. She told me. Why are you telling me? <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I love yeah, when she goes slutty. Try a little dark meat. Why, why don't, don't you all? Uh, why don't you all just mind your own goddamn business? He's my son. He's my business. Well, why don't we get some other opinions, okay, Marsha? Do you think it's her business? I've seen the apartment, and it's really nice. And I'm sure I'll be spending a lot of time there. That was my backup one. <laughs> this is a toughie. <laughs> Look at the mess you've made. I go to hell the dad is so proud of her. You see that they cut him twice. Um, yes, truly, uh, she's she's really a treasure. Um, I can't say it enough. This is like going to get me canceled, but I don't, I, I think she's, you guys praise her. I think totally, I totally agree with the praise you've, you've dropped on her in the past that like, as an actress, she's incredible on the show, 
But I just, that's the part of Curb that like gets me a little bit of like, it's so cringe and it's like sad, you know? So like, I'm getting a little like, I kind of was hoping this would wrap up with the city councilwoman this week. So uh, I, I, to be completely honest, I don't always love what she's doing. But the but the character and the performance, it reminds me of Maria Bakalova, you know, the girl who plays um, Borat's daughter in the in the in, la, in last year's Borat movie. Yeah. And like it's just especially for like a relatively young actor who's like not well known to come into this world of this complete crazy person, both, you know, Sasha Maricone is Borat and Larry here and somehow match and up the crazy in like completely unexpected ways like what she's doing as they say like you have no idea from one line to the next what she's going to do and i almost feel like in the room they don't know what the hell she's going to do and so like it's just like so unique and so impressive from somebody who we don't know um you know so even if i don't necessarily always enjoy it or think it's funny it's just the fact that she's doing it is just like very impressive to me yeah yeah i hear that um so i want to get into did you take a look at the casting for this scene like the people that we saw yeah, the credits. Okay. Oh, wait, the credits. What do you mean? Okay. Oh, so the credits of the episode of curb or the credits of the episode of young Larry. The episode I of curb. The, oh, I thought you meant the credits of the people playing this. No. So yeah. So here, here's like what we had in that, in, at that table read. We had yeah. uh, John Rudnitsky playing Asa who plays young Larry. Then we have Phil Abrams playing young Larry's dad, Morty. Lori Allen playing young Larry's mom, Rose, mm-hmm. and Zachary Feynman playing young Larry's brother, Ken. Now, obviously, we have all sorts of problems here because in the world that we're meant to believe that we're existing in, uh, Larry David's father's name is Nat, not Morty. Uh, his Larry David's real life father is Morty. Um, Larry David's mom, we don't learn her name in the show. But, but, Larry but, David uh, doesn't have a, but hold on. Uh, it's not a documentary about Larry David's life as a young person. It's a sitcom based on that. I understand, but it's like Jerry Seinfeld's family is not identical in Seinfeld either. Okay, but he specifically named all the people after his real life family. Yeah, I mean, Larry in Curb, his parents have different names in the show and his his wife has different names. Well, that's what I was saying. He doesn't have kids. No, but here, here it's Larry David, the real life person. Yeah. Made a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm in which yes. he plays a person named Larry David yes. who creates a show called Young Larry. Yes. Whose parents are uh, Mort and Ruth and Rose David, who yeah. are the names of his real life parents and has a brother named Ken, who is his real life brother, even though in this world, this Larry David would never know those names to use those as the names in the show. Yeah. Like, how did he just pull brother Ken out of his ass? Well, it's like using the name like Alec Berg. Like, you know, it's a it's a reference. (laughs) It's an homage. Yes, I I get it. (laughs) It's just I think it's uh, it's fascinating. Well, what's interesting to me. So I looked quickly at who people were like, who young Larry is and whatever. And and basically everyone's a nobody. I mean, I'm also nobody. I don't mean to like throw digs here, but (laughs) no, no, you're right. Where's the big name that they need to solve the network? Well, I think it's Ted Danson. So my question is, in the world of Curb, is Ted Danson in a show written by Seinfeld's Larry David enough to sell a sitcom to Hulu? And and honestly, I think yes. To Hulu, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. that's where we are. We're still at Julu, right? The yeah, guy we're at Hulu, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the guy who wrote Seinfeld and you know hasn't done much in 20 years is is pitching a show um, with well, Ted He's Dan been on Broadway. He, he yeah, wrote a Seinfeld reunion right. that There's he very famously reunion. quit. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it. he's not cast 
but I think that makes it more realistic that they would need some star here and they'd be able to get it. Like it would, it's easier to get a, a star with Larry David as the writer than it is to get an audience with Larry David as the writer. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. So, okay. It's Ted Danson, but he doesn't do much at the table. Read. Well, Ed, can we talk about Ted for a second? The last time we saw him, he was physically attacked by this crazy girl <laughs> and his girlfriend. And the next time we see him, he's like, yeah, I'm going to sit right. Like he is pissed at Larry for lesser shit than that all the time. He would say, <laughs> fuck you, Larry. I'm not going to be on your show anymore. He wouldn't sit there at the table right next to the woman who just attacked him. I mean, the check must be good. The check, oh, yeah, he's the only has, star yes. in the show. The check everyone must has that Hulu money. Yeah, he has a lot of <laughs> he has all the points. OK, he's getting paid on the back end. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's an it's an interesting cast, um, to say the least. But yeah, I think Ted Danson fills it out nicely. Uh, he carries a lot of heft. Yeah, but, but what happened to the J for J from last week? Where is the J for J? Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe he got fired for uh, his religion. Proselytizing. Yeah, I feel like that that would be a lawsuit. Maybe it comes back. I mean, we had both theorized repeatedly that the the five foot that the, the fence is completely out. It's not a storyline anymore. It ain't yeah. coming back anymore. And we see in this very episode also repeatedly, we see into his backyard, like when he's having a conversation with Leon and the fence is not there. It's just like it's it's not a part of the story, except that it becomes the driving force of this episode for some reason. At the risk of being chastised by your very dedicated audience, which I'm a part of, um, I I kind of thought Maria Sophia was done because I thought they did the cancer bit and he had convinced the father. Like, did I miss? Did I glitch? Because I watch every episode and I've listened to the podcast. No, she's back. And then she did. Uh, yeah, she, she she came back in. But like, how did that resolve? It just like didn't work. Um, but he was like, do breakfast burritos like your daughter out of. Yeah. And then like, no, and then uh, the head of Hulu called them directly. And like, oh, right. Oh, because the video was so good. OK, is that I, the see, video was so good? Yeah. And, and when Elon I watched, says that here, he says last time, Larry, I don't get it. Last time I saw her, you know, the audition tape, she was incredible. Now she sucks. Well, I watched. It's so confusing to me because I, I do think it's there's a little glitch where I took the video supposed to be terrible and Hulu loves it. But Larry on the back end has like talked to her father out of I talked to her father out of even wanting this bet to happen in the first place, because if he cancels the bet or the bet, the arrangement, then it doesn't matter if nothing matters. He could fire her. It doesn't matter. Right. Um but now it's like falling apart on the other end. Now the dad's completely. Right. You're going to get double like, screwed. Right. He's going to say there's no show. So I'm suing you. But if Hulu says, if Hulu says the video is actually bad and that was Larry's entire objective of giving the video, then why isn't he like both had to hit and only one hit? Both the father had to be out and Hulu had to be out. You have to turn in. both keys at the same time. All right. I'm, I'm just kind of a little over that. Yeah. People are over me. It's, well, it's a circle. Well, no, no, no. I, I think that you're right in the sense that the reason you should be over it is because that entire plot made no sense from the very beginning, right? The <laughs> idea that like that l- this random guy threatened Larry into putting his daughter on a TV show is like, and the reason I was sort of down on that episode early in the season, I think that was uh, Angel Muffin, right? Is because yeah. the very premise was so absurd. And I hate to say it, but like this, this episode this week, it's even worse. Like, in it's way episode, more absurd in this episode. <laughs> his plan is so bad that the show never even explains what it is out loud, because I think that they realize, like, if we say this out loud, it's so fucking stupid. Like, we'd be too embarrassed to even have to explain it. Like, but let, let's actually do it. Here's his plan. His plan is to woo Irma Kostrowski and then convince her to repeal the ordinance requiring a fence around pools. 
first of all, we can see Irma Kostrowski is like obviously the kind of woman who's very, who will very <laughs> definitely put a personal relationship ahead of her job. And by the way, even if she wanted to, even if she has the votes, and even if it happened, like it would take months and months. <laughs> the votes. And they're actively filming Young Larry right now, right? And, and of course, even if it did happen, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't work retroactively. So to the extent that we're supposed to believe this, this idiotic idea that that an, that a law, the existence of this law puts Larry at threat by the brother of the dead guy, like it would not undo that because they retroactively pass a law. So the whole thing, it's just like, I've said this in the past, like I know that this like scenarios in Curb are, are wacky, but I just want them to have like internal logic within the world of Curb itself. And to me, like- Ah, yes, the Klansman who befriends the Jewish man who, <laughs> uh, Klansman robes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, so yeah, they, they, they what's play a little loose Twitter? with, uh, with what, what, What's her name on Twitter who said every Jew should befriend a neo-Nazi member? Uh, um, Bethany Mandel, yes. Yeah, but, yeah Bethany Mandel. Larry, Larry and this guy are just uh, following that that message. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I, I don't disagree with you that it's uh, it's a little off kilter. Um, so, yeah, so Asa calls Larry over and tells him, you know, I'm really frustrated. We don't really have like a good uh, a good set of mug options. Um, you know, it's not a machaya, unlike uh, <laughs> working with Larry, as Elon Gold said. Um, and, you know, it's really been weighing me down because I feel like these are these mugs are not true to the character. You know, I've been spending a lot of time as Larry, as you know, and I feel coffee was like a really important thing for him. And Larry's like, no, it's not important at all. Like, this, you shouldn't waste your time with this. Um, and he's like, oh, could you please actually refer to me as Larry? Like, I like to uh, stay in character as Larry. And, you know, he goes on to explain, you know, I'm an actor. If there's anything that just rings as disingenuous, I, I know I just can't fake that. And Larry's like, no, that <laughs> fake it. That's what acting is. Actors fake things. Look, this is not a real deli. This is a fake deli. You got it? Well, I love the ease in which Larry adjusts to calling him. Accepts that and is like, all right, Larry, good to see you, Larry. All right, Larry. Like, I just love that he goes right with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of, I think it was like, is it Dustin Hoffman and Sir, Sir Lawrence like went to like was telling Sir Lawrence Olivier about how, you know, he's like staying up all night to like prepare for this role because like he's playing this like very haphazard character uh, and like he needs to like be in, in character and like Sir Lawrence Olivier is like, have you tried acting? Yeah. Um, this is uh... it's Lady Gaga who did eight months in an Italian accent for House of Good. Yeah. Yeah. Did, just, you know, <laughs> do an accent. Did you guys read the New Yorker profile of Jeremy Strong? Not yet. It's on my, it's like open, an open tab. Oh, Allie, do you think you? I've read the New Yorker profile of Jeremy Strong? Uh, are you a succession gal, Allie? Uh, I've never seen an episode. Oh, okay. Oh. So then the answer is obviously no. Um, it is <laughs> an incredible, an incredible uh, uh, thing to read. I will say that. I don't want to spoil it in any direction. It's yeah, just, um, I, I, I've, I've heard it talked about on podcasts in the context of predictions for the finale in terms of... I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying... Well, meaning people are saying that you so should you read into... The people, the people are reading into the type of story that this was for whether or not, you know, he's around long-term. If I may make a segue to uh, the episode of Survivor that aired tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and, and what do they say at the Tribal Council... Erica turns to Deshaun, or, or, or Ricard says it, excuse me, which one? Was, no, Ricard says, you're saying things right now as if you're leaving, but if you're not leaving, things are going to be very awkward. Right. And so it's sort of the same idea in that article because uh, Jeremy Strong seems like uh, more of a challenge to work with than uh, the character he plays even, perhaps. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. That's, very, that's very the impression. Bad. That's yeah. the impression I got. Yeah. Brian Cox is like, uh, just, you know, read the fucking lines, kid. Yeah. I think Joanna Robinson said, like, these are not the type of quotes you give about someone who you're expecting to continue work with. Yeah. That's what Ricard said tonight. Yeah. Um, OK, so. Um, Asa starts, you know, still going on about the cups. So Larry's like, fine, I'll get you five more cups. Don't worry about it. So uh, Stan, the prop guy, this is uh, this is a new finds. Mm. Uh, he comes over and he's been like listening and he's just like he's had enough. He's exasperated. You believe this kid. He's the biggest mug here, if you ask me. Mm. And, nice by Stan. and Larry is like, listen, you should really just like cut this kid some slack. Like, you don't know what he's been through. He was sexually abused when he was a young actor. Um, so like he's a big pain in the ass, but just like, you know, get him five more bugs. Like, it's not a big deal. Isn't it a little bit? Well, I mean, I think what works about the sexual assault joke line of it basically is that they make talk about repugnant. They make Asa. Why can't I like understand his name? Asa? <laughs> Ace, yeah, like Ace, Ace of Base. Okay, without the they make <laughs> they make him so unbearable. Yeah, that you're sort you're on Larry and Stan's side when they're mocking his like objective sexual assault. Like you know, he was 17, whatever. But it's like, yeah, I I effing hate that guy, and like they do such a good job of making him irredeemable in these like such small ways like he obviously doesn't do anything bad but he just i was so frustrated with him by the end of the episode yeah i mean and um you know not not to get into the whole uh sexual assault of it all no but, let's uh, get into it <laughs> um i mean they also just like very clearly make it so that the facts of the situation are yeah. that like that larry is correct like, that this kid did not experience trauma or feel like he was assaulted and well we can't mature. really say that he was 17 as as alex so eloquently put in the beginning if it was a 37 year old man and a 17 year old woman i i get it well, I, I, hold on a second the age of consent in new jersey where i live is 16 in New York, where you two both live at 17. So there's not as far as as where is it in California? This guy's born and raised California. You can smell well, so it on him. I think California is 18, actually. But well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so but then the other question is like, was were they like, what was the relation? Was she like a supervisor of his or a teacher? <laughs> I thought they were act. I like thought it was in the context of him being a child. Yeah, I mean, actor. if they were colleagues, they said at first like, as a young actor. Guess what? When my wife and I were quite minor, we were colleagues together, and that's how we ended up together. Like that's a normal thing that people do. You were my, but you were both my. I don't have to explain well, actually, like the no, purpose for the age of consent, right? Te- well, yeah. Well, anyways. Well, um, what were you like? Oh, you were nineteen, and she was like seventeen. I mean, something similar to that. I mean, we were a year and a half apart. All right, lock him up. Obviously, you know, again, with the arguments and the logic, it leaves a lot to be desired here tonight. No, I I agree with you, but yes, but they do present (laughs) it in a scenario, as Ob says, where the facts are like very favorable. But yeah, and he he sucks. He's like so he's he's too unredeeming. He's condescending. He's disrespectful. In in the first scene, he's like us as pros. He isn't pros slaying for prostitute. Pros is now slaying for like professional actors. I don't get it how he uses it. I thought pros is like we're professionals, like we're Hello, pros pro. at this. Yeah, he said he says as pros, um, the, the what is he? The plebes. Everyone else looks at us to know how, what to think or whatever. Also, he's not famous. Like, again, yeah. they're not like we've got some. He's big about get, to like, be, though, because he knows that he's got the young Larry coming. Well, that's what's so crazy. The fact that yeah. he's so willing to, like, come to the creator and head writer of the show in Larry David and, like, complain to him about menial shit like mugs. And then demand later that Stan be fired. It's so wild. So he's got like the confidence of a young Leo, even though he's a young Asa. He's a nobody. 
Well, he's and what was his original name? Andy, like he's rebranded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, c- can I can I bring up Adriana Amante, the beautiful Italian actress who slept with with Asa? Yeah. So I looked I her up. I Googled her. Oh, you did? On IMDb, yeah. did you find her? Oh, I found her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going in the same place here. <laughs> okay, well, I tell me, little trolls. Like, oh, I her up. She, <laughs> she has five credits all to video. Uh, do you have the names of any of those videos up? Um, I don't, but I can oh, get them. I can give them to you. Uh, Wife Switch 5, <laughs> Virgins of the Screen 2, Housewife Bangers Volume 9, <laughs> Oh, I only saw it through up to eight. Beyond the Call of Booty 2, and She's a Cowgirl. Now, I haven't seen all of those, but uh, yeah, you got up to eight. Uh, one through six are very strong. At seven, it gets very slow, I think. Yeah. It's incredible that the writers would find someone and use them and not just make up a name and use like a stock photo because well, that's sure, amazing. No. The, they, no, the photo they use is not of this woman. I'm, I'm sure they just did make up a name and it's just a bad coincidence for this woman. No way. Had. There's no way that's a coincidence. No, of course it is. Th- th- she's a random porn star who did five porn movies in like 2007. <laughs> Wait, say the name again. Adriana Amante. I don't think that's a coincidence. If anything, it's like a latent, like someone who's watched all of those movies who writes on the staff was like, I'll pull up a random name and like didn't realize uh, it was in their I subconscious. Mean, listen, we're going to talk to Jeff Schaefer, hopefully, and I will ask him a question. <laughs> I'll say, did, did you just make up a name? Uh, by the way, do you know what uh, Adriana Amante's, uh, who her co-star was in, in at least two of her films? <laughs> it's none, none other than Eric Everhard. So uh-huh. what, a wonderful, <laughs> what a wonderful coincidence for Mr. Everhard that that's his name given his <laughs> yeah. choice of career. <laughs> oh, he had no choice but to go uh, to that end. It's kind of like a Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the chances, all, you know? Yeah, all the members of the Everhard family yeah. uh, had, had very illustrious careers in pornography. Yeah. One son had pornographic a, arts, as I like to call them. And uh, it's very unfortunate. Can we improve the casting? I mean, I, I do think ultimately this is moving towards young Larry being replaced for the Wait, third time. Are, are we talking about House Bakers Volume 9 or are we talking about young Larry? <laughs> Anyway, the, the I would never touch perfect. Everhard and yeah. Adriana. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but Jeff has a in throwaway comment where he's like, oh, Lily Collins was interested. If only like Maria Sophia, we, we weren't locked in. Lily Collins feels like such an, a strange choice yeah. uh, for the role here. No, I, yeah, I don't well, know who that is. I had to Google her. She's yeah, I, Miss Netflix. Right. She's in a lot of British stuff. I think she's British, right? Well, maybe she was interested when they were on Netflix before. They, well, her breakout is like Emily in Paris. That doesn't right. mean she's married to Netflix. And now she's mm-hmm. doing Polly Pocket, Polly Pocket with Lena Dunham, which will be wild. What 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 uh, platform kids. is that going to be on? I think it's a, just a movie. It's like Lena Dunham's production. Because oh. I went in because I was like, why are they just name checking Lily Collins? Is she going to be like doing something on HBO Max? I was like, why is she just getting this random plug? Yeah, well, maybe she'll show up. I don't know. Like we we had that with. um didn't we have that like in the casting of the reunion that they mentioned somebody and then they were then they actually were in the show? Meg Ryan, right? Yeah. She was just there for like a second, but yes. Yes, right. But it, but is Lily Collins famous enough for that? For no. Curb Watchers? I don't think she no. is. It's not a name that meant anything. You know, one of the and I'm actually just having like an epiphany right now. Like one of my favorite or like my favorite form of like fiction to read is is like historical fiction. And I, I love the idea of reading something and like not being sure like which of these characters are real which of these characters are made up which of these characters are sort of like an amalgamation of, of real people and i think that's the same thing that i like about curb so much because like all these names they mentioned like lily collins i looked that up and stella adler 
who uh, Asa mentions, like she was a real and very famous acting coach. I don't know. Right. right. But then you look yeah. up other names that are just completely made up. Usually when it's like, you know, a friend of theirs, like a real life friend of like, then that's when you hear Alec Berg or whatever. Um, but that's like such a fun part of Curb to me is that I never know. And so I'm Googling these things just to find out like, oh, who is that person? What is that person? Right. Or it's just some like obscure Larry reference. Like he's referencing some like 40s movie. But that's why I looked up Adrian Almonte because I'm like, is that real? And I don't think it is. I, again, I, I disagree with you. Yeah. You have to ask. I'm writing in the question. I will yeah. not forget. Okay. You so right. who's so who sh- who should be young Larry and who should be uh, what's her name? Miriam, not Miriam, the girlfriend, Martha. What's her name? Yeah, well, I have I have a theory on on young Larry, but we'll we'll get to that later in the episode. I have a young Larry theory from this episode. Um. So, yeah, so Susie comes okay. in. Well, well, hold on. Are we answering Ali's yeah. question? Oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to hold off. It's obviously Jesse Eisenberg, I think. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg's not terrible. Um, I mean, not now, but like 10, 15 years ago. Well, right. that's the issue I found is everyone I was thinking of was like not a person who could play a teen. Like, Michael I, at Sarah first, I was also like, they need like a young Mayim Bialik to play. Like, they need Blossom playing uh, oh. the, the Jewish girlfriend. Or um, this is perfect HBO Max synergy. But um, Timothy Chalamet's sister, who's on Sex Life Lives of College Girls, would be, I think, an excellent. Is that show good? I like the show. Would I tell you to watch it? Probably not. The name of it to Uh me was just such a tease, like a desperate attempt to like get attention. It it seemed like Mm, a little cheap. It's really what it's about. It's like literally about who the four of them are having sex with as they navigate college. That sounds good. Well, yeah, but for titillating reasons, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's like it's going it's like going for a cheap laugh. I feel like. All right, I'll watch the show. Know. I'll try the show. No, okay. uh, I look I'll forward to, to discussing young attractive people having sex. No interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, how bad to be? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Susie comes in. She's like, "Hey, Larry, how what did you think of Mayhew? You know, he's going to be president one day." Mm. And she tells Larry that, like, you know, you should really get in with him. Like, maybe you go canvassing. And Larry's like, are you crazy? What are you out of your mind? I'm going to knock on doors. What am I, Fuller Brush Salesman? And right. This year, so I'm like, where does he come up with Fuller Brush Salesman? Yeah. Um, and like, anyway, like nobody changes anybody's mind. Wait, ma- mention the one ordinance that Susie's says that Jimmy's going to repeal. <laughs> um, Chicken coop. Yes. Oh, so yeah. So I'm we very had invested this. here. We had this. I'm very invested. Um, I wasn't. We were invested. We had our neighbors here. They um, They had like these like cages with like peacocks in them peacocks and like they would just they made a lot of noise noise. yeah yeah they would just like roam around the backyard it was so like we had to like uh you know make an anonymous call hope they don't listen to this podcast wait really um yeah we like it was very annoying like they had like these peacocks would like made a ton of noise especially early in the morning so like yeah we called the town like yeah you're not allowed to have peacocks (laughs) so like three days later they were gone (laughs) uh what if that person listens It'd be very funny. Um, Write it. Did you know Your that postman at gmail.com? Did you know that um Dick Wolf's original name for the show was Law and Ordinances? And it was his <laughs> mistress who convinced him well to done. To law and order. <laughs> Let's end the show. That was <laughs> no, that was very good. the clip there. By the, by the way, the first time I saw Seinfeld, I was too young to know that that like I was Elaine. <laughs> and I believe that. I'm like, because- I don't know. I didn't know that because you didn't because you didn't know what War and Peace was or because you didn't know what the song was. I didn't know either of them. 
You didn't know either of them. I don't think, or maybe, <laughs> right. But if I knew of one of them, it was the song, not, and I'm like, okay, so they made a song after like a, fa- a fake name for a book. Like, well, so what? It's only funny if you know the song. No, REM the named joke. a song. No, but REM named, like, their original <laughs> name of their band was Mookie Blaylock, wasn't it? No, that's Pearl Jam. Oh, Pearl Jam. Excuse me. Yeah, that was very stupid. <laughs> There's nothing uh, like the Snipe knows who Mookie Blaylock is. Um, <laughs> REM. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Where the hell did I get um, that? So, yeah. So, um, so Larry right, over no, but, here. So yeah, but Dr. Jen has famously wanted to get chicken coops. So I'm very, I'm very in favor of Jimmy Mayhew right now. Okay. Um, so suddenly the light bulb. Riemann, we know, Larry. Uh, we know that Riemann Schneider doesn't care about animals, right? Because he, <laughs> he eats horse. He eats horse. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, so that, that's a sausage so, reference. So My friend Jerry Riemann Schneider eats horse all the time. It, it had never occurred to Larry David. He's like, oh, this is the day that he learns that like the city council can change laws. He needs to see how law becomes a bill. I actually do believe that. Like, I do believe it didn't occur. <laughs> I guess. Change. Like, where did he think laws came from? Yeah. But that's why he would hire just, a lawyer in the first place. Is right. it in the, um, is it in like curb cannon? Does Larry vote? I don't think it's been um, mentioned before. Yeah. Well, we know that he definitely, he did the whole like wearing the MAGA hat thing as a bit. So like, we know that the character is, was, did not vote for Donald Trump. I assume, you know, he probably voted for Hillary Clinton if I had to guess. Um, he doesn't seem like much of a Johnson voter. Yeah, he does no. strike me as like a non-voter, not not in real life, because he made that like he like made an anti-Trump video, right? And it was like, shock. Not that he was anti-Trump, that he like got involved. Yeah, right. Am yeah. I thinking of the right thing? No, he he's he's more politically involved in real life than he is in curve for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Larry is like, what was the name of that horrible, horrible? <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> he's just like having it up so much how horrible she is like all she did was not will be willing to like <laughs> interfere during a speech on his behalf he did uh, see her like groping herself later there's on, a thin line between later, love and later. hate i'm telling you the chemistry is yeah. there and here's a spoiler alert because i think you know the answer of but is she back next week or no she's back next week yeah she's i was gonna good. say because the story as akiva would say the story doesn't resolve so i was like boom baby i yeah oh ali do you not like seeing next week on next week's on next it didn't, week on when, so i never get my next week on when i watch it on demand on hbo max yeah it's like a separate video yeah like no, it'll be like, under Every week I watch the credits, I get to the full credits. And it's I'm like, not, oh, okay. it's not, yeah, it's not part of the episode. It's like a separate video on HBO Max. Okay, well, I'll watch it here. Don't right. you guys do that? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Will we get to it? Because we'll say, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this so is my can, nightmare. Yeah, so we're, it's uh, my fault. <laughs> you're free to leave at any time. I'm in a hell of my own making. <laughs> it's all good. So we cut to Larry in bed at home on his laptop doing some internet research on Irma Kostrowski, and we learned that she's been on the city council since 2011 when she was selected to fill a vacancy created by the death of Deborah Press. And yeah, she's off. been reelected three times. Wait, hold on, off. You skimmed over her, her phone number and her email address, which are provided. Um, I tried emailing her. Yeah. Um, it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a real address. I yeah, tried that's right. No, well, so did I. I tried Wait, obviously, so did I. Yeah. Read the emails. No, it's fake. Wait, what? Read the emails? It's not a real email address. No, I meant what did you write in the email when you tested it? Uh, oh, no, I, I just sent a blank email. Hi, this is Ovsidensky. <laughs> I did. Oh, what did you send like out? That. 
Oh, here we go. I wrote subject. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Good morning, Councilwoman Kostrowski. I just wanted to thank you for your tireless work on the city council and for putting up with someone as horrible and repugnant as Larry David in the name of the democratic process. We do a weekly current podcast. Anything you want to share with our listeners? I cannot believe you were going to not read that email unless we demanded it. I forgot because nothing came of it. Like, hi, my name is Av, and I love Curb, and I, if you would like to come on the show. Uh, yeah, and I immediately got back a uh, address not found from the yeah. <laughs> subsystem of Google, of Google Mail. But yeah, but let, let's keep reading along um, from her webpage there that, that Larry shows us. So as you said, you know, she's been, she got elected in her own right. After Wait, can I actually interrupt just overall? I have been, I'm sure we all have been on a lot of, well, I can't be sure, but if you did any volunteering with the election, You've probably been on a lot, or if you are not, voter, all of us worked for the Trump campaign. Okay, voter help. I was a, I was an election I was an election monitor. I went to the polls with okay, my so and... I staffed. I volunteered to staff an election hotline, nonpartisan. So I did help. You know, I helped whoever. Local government websites, universally like the nicest one, most user friendly one with the most information I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, somehow this is it, not landing. Yeah, somehow it has in here that she's divorced, which well, would never, ever be in a bio. <laughs> yeah, but hold on. But so it, they said that she was elected on her own right in 2014. And in yeah, three times she was she was reelected three times. No, it doesn't say that. It says oh. here's what it says verbatim. She filled the vacancy oh. in 2000. Can you do a close reading off of this fake? <laughs> I actually did. So I guess I wasn't yeah. reading it carefully. So, yeah, so she filled the vacancy in 2011 when, when DeBoer Press passed away, as you said. By the way, DeBoer Press sounds like a publishing company in the Jewish community. Yeah, um, I look. I, agree with <laughs> also. She was, she I was, also thought it was going to say that that was I thought she was going to be a widow and it was going to be like when I was reading the bio. Divorce makes her more dislikable. She's more repugnant. Okay, well, that's more on you. Well, no, well, she's turned off at least one person. Although she could have killed her husband, I guess. She's a widow. She's Um, turned off one person. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then she was elected on her own right in 2014 and 2018, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, so based on this bio, it cannot be any, it has to be earlier than 2022 because she's not up in the election in the, in the episode itself. So this has to be taking place in election day, 2021, which means it's taking place in November, just like a month. Before so what, it airs. so when you, when you said earlier in this podcast that we got confirmation in this episode, that it's 2021, is this what you were talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're assuming that this is canon, this bio from the one, the fake bio that somebody from like, you know, uh, again, the until, arts department wrote. until we have a reason. Otherwise, anything that they say in curve, we take to be the truth. Yeah, maybe Irma Kostrowski declared martial law. Is there is no election? <laughs> I, but that would be uh, that would show the city council can, can make all the laws and ordinances, whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> they make the law, they repeal the laws. Yeah. By the way, when we do go to that meeting later, uh, we only see five seats, despite as I said previously, there being seven city councilors in Santa Monica, and the yeah. incumbent mayor, uh, Riemann Schneider, is nowhere to be found among them. Well, yeah, he's an absentee mayor. No wonder he's yeah. being so heavily challenged in the <laughs> heavily party or whatever Riemann Schneider is, uh, yeah. Santa Monica. Yeah. Um, okay, so we go we go to the city council meeting and Larry's sitting there. They're talking about ramps, debating ramps, solutions for ramps. 
Um, Lowry notices, or this is where he sees Irma like scratching her side. He just like makes like this like repulsion face at her, which is wonderful. Um, and you know, finally the meeting winds down, and Larry goes to talk to her and reminds her, Hey, I'm Larry David. I'm really sorry for the other day. I was very rude and disrespectful. Although, you know, it really wouldn't have been a big deal if you could have just tapped her, tapped him. Um, which like she starts to be like, Wait, now now are you apologizing or not? And he's like, But like, no, really, you know, I take full responsibility. It was my fault. Um, and she thanks him for taking responsibility. She's so far, she's very nice. Um, and Larry's like, have you ever considered running for Senate or for Congress? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh, no, you know, I, re- I don't really have any interest in moving to Washington, D.C., and I really do have to run. Um, is this where she, oh, no, not, is it when we uh, got to talk about the gas bubble? Not yet. Um, so for, right, first she says, you know, you know, he's like, you know, very appreciative of your work and people are really, you know, thankful for you, Miss Kostrowski. And he's, she says, oh, call me Irma. And she's like, oh, that's a beautiful name, but don't tell me you're one of those people who spells Irma with an E. And she's like, no, no, it's with an I. And, you know, I really I, I really have to do have to go. And she's like scratching her side. And then she decides to tell Larry that she has a gas bubble, uh, which I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that is. It sounds unpleasant. Um, yeah. Um, is this a, is this a real thing? Our guest is suddenly silent. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no I've, I've been silent. I'm listening oh. to the recap. Oh, do you have any comments on gas bubbles? bubbles. I know what she's talking about. Yeah, probably. You know, like, I feel like there's like something where you like feel like there's like a pain in your stomach or something like she's like she's like tugging on her like bra. No, I feel like she's like rub. Oh, she's sitting. Yeah, she's gross. She's like appropriately gross. I thought this was a uh, like a feminine thing, Uh, but I guess not. (laughs) Okay, well, I I thought it was like a like a. A um, gastroenteritis. What's the word? Oh my god! I'm so excited for Av's daughters to like get older, and he's like a feminine <laughs> thing. Like that's honestly how my dad was. It's great. Yeah, no. Farm, <laughs> farm it out to the wife. Jen I just figured that's me. why. I, why I didn't know what it was. That's At I least think. once a week in my house, Jen says it has to do with the penis. It's your responsibility. She says that to me <laughs> all the time. I'm like, but that's not fair. You're a doctor. How many penis related? things go on in your house you four boys five there's a lot of there's a lot of penises yeah oh my god i have to say i haven't seen ben since he was like a newborn baby on a seinfeld quotes pod and then you posted a picture of him and i'm like oh my god he's He's growing yeah yeah, time is going by those kids grow fast yeah he's a terrifying he's so cute he's a terrifying creature um and she's like okay i'm going out we're omitting by the way that jen is a doctor no, that's really the whole. The, that's my yeah. argument between doctor and possessor of penis. Like, I feel like she knows well, much I, more about like how to treat I them with it, those various injuries. I was well, that, or the, it, maybe that's how you could divide it: injuries versus everything else. Are there a lot of penis injuries going on in your house? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I still think that's putting you on most of the things. Um, I I, I feel like they're more her responsibility. Didn't you get in trouble recently for? Yeah, Akiva got mad at me for for mentioning some yeah, story yeah. about one of my kids' penis. He wouldn't tell him, and he was like, "It was a disgusting story about genitals." <laughs> and I was like, okay, repugnant. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, Irma heads out, and she's like, "And you're Larry with a Y, right?" And Larry's like, "Oh, that's funny." And she's like, "What's funny about that?" <laughs> um. So yeah, like she's not even funny. Like she doesn't understand the the joke that she just made. But I think great, like Tracy Ullman's acting, I think, is incredible. Oh, for 10 sure. Out of 10, 11 out but, of 10. But the character to me is like awful, like unwatchably, like unenjoyable to watch awful. 
not a Makaya. Book club, they really turn a court. First of all, the chemistry really picks up here. And then when they're doing the book club, I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead of the, the replay. That's fine. She's like, oh, well, enjoy your need a club to read a book. Like she's starting to support Larry and they have this vibe. Like I love her then when she loosens up. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, do you watch It's Always Sunny, Allie? I'm, I'm aware of it. Okay. <laughs> We're aware do, of you. Do you know the McPoyles? No. All right, Av, do you know the McPoyles? I don't recall them. It's the gross family, Liam and Ryan. They all have like the unibrow and like they look each uh-huh. other weirdly okay. and they drink milk. They try. But she's not milk. that weird. She's like, on. But what I'm saying is somebody who's like the acting is very impressive, but it's like too gross for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's I mean, look, that's fair. All right, let's uh, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Um, we're I uh, jumped us right to the book club. We could go from there and keep. By the way, did you ever yada, watch? Yada, yada. Hold on, uh, let's keep yada yada here. Did you ever watch <laughs> Hello Ladies, the HBO show with Stephen Merchant? Yes, I love Hello Ladies. The worst people to be on a podcast together because we're two <laughs> nightmare distractors who take it offline. <laughs> but um, that show, and I used to talk to our mutual friend Ari Fader about that show. Like, yeah, it was so cringy that I yes. like had I would have to stop watching sometimes. It made me uncomfortable. Yes, it's very heavy on the cringe, but I love that show. Yeah, no, very good. And it came back and it got less so like that, actually. Yeah. All right. Let's go home. Roll the clip. Um, yeah, let's go to Larry and Leon back at home. Um, Larry's <laughs> going to fill in uh, Leon on what just happened with Irma. Larry's Maybe bald head. The most unappealing person I've, I've ever met. <laughs> Truly. Uh, whose house is this at? Was oh, Frankenstein. Yes. He took the worst aspects of 10 different people. And put him into her. So yeah. you got to become the, the groom of Frankenstein to get rid of this fucking actress. Wow. Yeah. What an appealing prospect. Frankenstein. And, and then you had, had the bride of Frankenstein. Well, I don't know if they had any children in this shit. How could Frankenstein have a kid? No. Dr. Frankenstein made love to fucking the bride of Frankenstein. And he had a fucking kid, I guess. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein didn't fuck the, the, the monster bride. How you make a woman like that and not tap it? How? how, how? Well, I mean, that's a good question. That's another question. I don't now, think know. about that. That's a good question. It's right there. She's yeah. right there. You made it. Hello. Hey, LD, it's Jimmy from the golf club. Hey, Jimmy. I love What's when up? he says that's another question. <laughs> like, that is a question. Yeah. His widow wants to come in for a golf lesson and I'm yada yadding that we need to even listen to this clip of the golf guy. Yeah. Okay. I want to. I want to come back to Leon and Larry for a second. <laughs> Um, I'm not really familiar. Yeah, you know, I'm talking over this. I'm familiar with the original, like Frankenstein, but I'm not familiar. Like, what? Who is Bride of Frankenstein? Bride of Frankenstein was another monster that he created, and an Azer Conecto, as uh, the Bible tell us. A, yes. uh, oh, he he made a wife for Frankenstein. Okay. Um, but then I believe he ends up killing. The, the, the scientist ends up killing the bride because he realizes it would be a mistake or something. And then Frankenstein kills his wife. Like the monster kills his wife is how I think how the, how the book ends. Okay. So but Leon is. Prepared. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's from like the 1800s. <laughs> that was going to be the pretty, pretty good uh, book club. We'll do a spinoff podcast <laughs> one chapter at a time. Um, but Leon's insistence that there could be children from a relationship between the bride of Frankenstein and Dr. Frankenstein himself. Right, right. It's no less r- yeah. realistic than yeah. Frankenstein it, and Mrs. Frankenstein. A Frankenstein, much like right. a mule, once created, cannot uh, procreate itself. 
Right. There's no reason. Right. If yeah. it's, it's does Bride of Frankenstein have a uterus is yeah. the important question. Oh, so maybe who's... Bride of Frankenstein was was designed with a working uterus, but but Frankenstein himself was not designed right. with a with working testicles. Is that the right? That could that could be okay. what the issue is. So Dr. Seems unlikely. Was much, maybe right. maybe he had a background in gynecology, but not so much in urology. Right. It would seem it would seem, it would seem surprising that the, the, the Frankenstein's monster was otherwise anatomically correct, except for this one. Uh, yeah. This distinction, but um, yeah, um, okay. So we head over to the. Young well, this Larry's was set. my. So this was my favorite. I I interrupted you playing the full clip, but the exit oh, yeah. of this yeah. is my favorite part of this interaction. When first of all, the white people's problems. When well, that but when Larry's like, can um, what does he say? Like, can a motherfucker live a life? Yeah. And he's like, sometimes no. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, yeah, like golf is a white man problem. He's like, yeah, we have golf. You have voting. Like, yeah. This was such a funny exchange. Yeah. Well, Larry's getting political. Yeah, and of course we learned that uh, right. He's, he had to reschedule his golf uh, lesson because of the uh, widow priority being attributed to uh, Saul Berman's widow. Let me talk about widow priority first. As, as the daughter of a widow who hates uh-huh. being called a widow, um, it, widow priority is bullshit. It does not exist. If anything, it, it's fleeting. It's a, it lasts a moment. Yeah, you I get don't it for like a week, a maybe lesson, a month, right? Oh, not even. In your dreams, you're getting it for a month. No, no slow once, once Shiva is done, right. no, everyone, when the everyone goes rise back to on Shiva. No. I think that's true. But if it's somebody, it's 100% who, true. It's, if it's somebody who didn't visit you, didn't make a Shiva call, but knows you enough to know what happened the first time you interact with them, even if it's a month or two months later, I think you're getting it. You're getting it. Oh, is that them. privilege though? That's not priority. That's honestly annoying. If you but yeah. Oh, it's anno- yeah, But if you run into like that person in the grocery store, you say, you go ahead now. Yeah. But then, but then I'm getting a call. Like you won't believe what this woman trying to be nice said to me. <laughs> and it was so insulting. Like she asked if I'm staying in my house. Like it's like, a whole, you know what I mean? <laughs> appreciated because that person who did, couldn't come to shiva is not saying the right thing in this, oh yeah in the I, I think store. i think my dad asked his uh, sister-in-law that that exact question when my dad's brother yeah died, so. do not here's a here's a tip do not ask a woman who's lost her husband if she's staying in her house yeah <laughs> it is a very big house for one person but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh then okay. it's probably a big house for two people who live well, in the same room also true <laughs> so we head back to the set and Asa again is annoying Stan. You know, this time it's the the eyeglasses frames, which after being shown 75 pairs, he finally agrees to put one in the maybe pile. And Stan goes to see Larry again. He's like, that's enough. And Larry's like, you know, I get it. But like, we really have to give this kid a break because of the sexual abuse. And Stan's like, I looked into that. And it stands out- like Av and Alex He's like, well, I Googled that actually. And here's the real story as though yeah. that would just be like an easy Google. Like it went from Larry hearing right. like a whisper of this rumor mill. And it's like a front page article, 17 year old, like wins lawsuit for rape against yeah. hot Fucking woman. Slow show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Now, why did they make Stan Irish and not just Irish like Irish accent, but Irish like every single piece of decor in his house that we'll see later is Irish, <laughs> including his wife. <laughs> well, I mean, they obviously came together, but like, but what was the reason? For well, that? they didn't have to. Maybe they met at like yeah. the Irish club. Yeah. <laughs> or just like college. No, but like, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish club. No, like, you know, like the. I feel like it's like a I went to like some club for like that it, for someone's like communion or something, you know. This is I when I try to talk outside of what I know, it's like it gets messy, but there's something there. Yeah, there's so the Larry, Italian club in New York. I've been there for a work event. Not my current cool. job, but prior mm. job. Yeah. Wasn't the policeman 
in in bridesmaids um what's that actor's name oh chris cone something with a c but he was was he british or irish i forget he's the guy in in the english or irish what's his name isn't it chris are you guys looking chris o'dowd chris o'dowd yeah okay i was there yeah is he oh he's Irish also yeah so they, they made him and, and it's even weirder for some reason I feel like when it's a police officer because police officer isn't really a job you expect somebody who immigrated as an adult to you feel like I don't know I feel like people become police officers at 19 no or 21 something 24 what are we talking we're talking about <laughs> I don't know we're talking <laughs> all right ah take control here. bridesmaid <laughs> immigrated as an adult Unclear. <laughs> Is this what's happening? ah we got to take so- control here so Larry's like, Larry's like, that's the trauma. And then he goes to tell him about the fee. He also got $400,000 on top of I'm that. I was driving the car, sat in the back seat, and it was being very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I have all night. So I Larry's know. like, at that age, I would have been traumatized. I was traumatized because I didn't have any sex. And Stan's like, yeah, I couldn't even get a woman to touch me if I paid her. Mm. And so, like, Larry goes to speak to Asa and he says, you know, you're really you're being kind of an asshole to Stan. And like, you know, I get it. There's a justification for it because of how traumatized you are by that horrible incident when you were 17 years old and you were sexually abused by a beautiful, luscious, voluptuous Italian movie star. I can't even imagine how horrible that must have been. It's so how like Kramer, it's such Kramer vibe where it's like, oh, we got to set him up because only Kramer could say something about her hairstyle. Right. Yeah. David could like go up to this guy and accuse him trying to get sympathy for a fake assault. Yeah. Larry's like, so Larry's like, what did she have you in some sort of a headlock? And Asa explains, well, you know, it's more like a mental headlock. And Larry's like, all right, cut the shit. You were 17 years old. But Asa's kind of smirking also. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying when like he acknowledges that like, yes, Larry has nailed him. Like, I, I, I get it. Yes. He's if he was underage, it's not okay. But like he he's. He's he's in the exact position that Larry says he would have been. We're like, this was great. Oh, and you're also giving me four hundred thousand dollars for pleasure. Even greater. Awesome. Like this was just like, you know, a windfall. Oh, you thought it was intentional that that smirking was like an intentional choice. He knows he's been caught like, you know, Larry's onto him and that like this was like not. It's not a great message for the show to be sending, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) they I mean, they really, you know, go out of their way to choose the like the lowest hanging fruit of a situation where you're like, all right, I'm kind of with not with the sexual, you know, victim here. Yeah. But also, I think uh, it's it's like it depends who the audience is. For sure. Yeah. so, yeah, so but it's not just it, like Asa, like he want. it's not just he'll say like, oh, I want new props. He's like, I want that guy fired. He's like so yeah, like it's so over the top. Way. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I will have, imagine being in my position. What would have people thought about you and said about you if they knew that you had slept with an older famous actress? And Larry's like, they would have named the high school after me. <laughs> um, so he calls Larry and here's where we see her uh, eating her salad. So is it weird that we've had stories about like women in their 30s sleeping with teenage boys twice now in the season yeah it's kind of weird that they went back to the well so quickly on that yeah. theme um so he calls irma and he's like hey do you want to grab some coffee she's like no but if you want to come <laughs> she's like me, no <laughs> uh if you want to come canvassing with me you're welcome to join so let's jump again to the clip and we'll have this uh, great montage of larry and irma campaigning together for mayor 
Good afternoon. My name is Irma Kostrowski, and we are here to get this man elected as the next mayor of Santa Monica, Jimmy Mayhew. Wonderful environment. Loves fresh air. He loves he's fresh air. Solve the homeless problem. <laughs> he's going to make him homed. Homed. <laughs> that is the correct term, isn't it? Probably. I think house? it's housed. Housed, yeah, housed. Yeah, it's housed. After January 7th. I, I don't think so. I like that. <laughs> Very smart. Last year, I got a happy new year during Black History Month. And uh, what else? No child under 10 allowed in restaurants. That's awesome. Love that. He's uh, very strong on environmental issues. Really? Like what? He respects wood. I like that a lot. Good. I likes it a lot. For you. <laughs> I might just have to put it on right now. Appreciate you guys. Oh, one great. more thing. Yes. He's eliminating handshaking. He's my man. I love how Larry takes the necessary <laughs> risk when he's already won the voter. <laughs> it works. It up. Yeah, we'll stick to the script. Question. Uh, yes. How do you do? Yeah. Both have kids under 10, correct? Yeah. Yes. We How don't do you feel about take... that? No, these I are mean, all very risky proposals that he's saying that he doesn't know about this guy. Well, I'm asking you directly, mostly because my mom is is now getting to a point where she's like uh, bothered by kids being loud in restaurants. Although she parents had a very strict, like, if I cried, I was out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't take our kids to like fancy restaurants. Yeah. It depends on the kind of restaurant, obviously. Right? I don't think he's even saying fancy. I think he's yeah. saying any <laughs> restaurants. Yeah, he wants to food band. is being served. You're out. <laughs> no Burger King for the kids. By the way, I do see people sometimes like uh, when I go to like nicer restaurants and I see people with kids and I, it's like, it blows my mind for so many reasons. Like the yeah. waste of money. I mean, maybe these are yeah. people with the waste of money isn't a factor for them. I don't know. But like, I don't know. It seems crazy to me. Yeah, um, I love that he's like just basically saying like I'm just gonna pretend that this guy is running on what I would run on, yeah. or like what I'm looking for the politician. And she's like, you know, a lot of the stuff you're saying are not true. He's like, what are you talking about? He's eating it up. It's like you know, he it's it's I like I love the like the concept here where it's like where it's like almost like a you know a class president's race where it's like oh like I'll, you know no homework next year. It's like mm-hmm. all these things that's like the kids want to hear was like not gonna happen. Well, perhaps Larry David should have pulled the Conor Roy and run himself. Yeah, yeah, he'll run on uh, respecting wood. Yeah, uh, that that that's the only one that makes no sense. And yet the guy at the door loves it. Like, I love that. <laughs> in in the next scene we're going to, where he goes to this house where um, Susie and Cheryl are at the book club. It I, I didn't want to raise this because like it's not important. It's not important, but it's crazy to me that two of his his ex-wife and his best friend's wife would be at a house where there's no even shred of recognition of him between the woman who owns the house and him. Like, like, doesn't she have to know that Cheryl's ex-husband is Larry David and that this is Larry David? That's fair. It's so bizarre to me. Yeah. She's like, oh, Larry David, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, Is it possible that this is like the first ever meeting of the book club? Probably. It does. I will say there's a phenomenon with book clubs where you like get dragged to your friend of a friend's book club you don't know anyone right. there you don't know the host but again it, and also does no one have a job I, I feel like you guys last time when you were tracking based on the base basketball game he goes from the set to canvas she's at her office this is not a saturday and everybody in la is just home there's 30 <laughs> women at a book club in the middle of the day in la well she had a very good lawyer cheryl so she doesn't need to work anymore well explain the other 50 women who are in the room it's a packed room yeah um i'm just jealous i'm jealous have you, Allie, have you ever been a member of a book club 
I, my Hebrew school uh, drop off our moms and us in fifth grade had a book club. A fifth grade. I book never club. finished the book. Okay. I was not good at reading the book. <laughs> well, you, the said book you, is you said you've been dragged to like a friend of a friend's book club before. I said it's a common situation. I have friends who've been dragged. Oh, so you're a friend of a friend of a friend who was dragged. <laughs> While I am the come with guy of the episode, I am often not asked to come with <laughs> to, book to a book club meeting. Yeah, so that's where All we right. draw the line. So let's check out this book club meeting. We're canvassing for Jimmy Mayu. You know, he's for fresh air. He loves fresh air. <laughs> he loves fresh he air. Breathing fresh air. And how about this? He wants to get rid of the penny. I'm off for that. However, I'm in the middle of a book club meeting. But loud? thank you so much. Huh? I hear your voice. I know it's you. <laughs> oh, hi. With Irma. Hi, hi. Irma. How are you? You're Good. in a book nice club? Yes. Oh, is that so surprising? What, yeah. do, you what, do, what do you think we don't read? What are you reading? See, this brings it out. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm just, I'm adding, I'm annoying the listeners by adding commentary over the. Uh... No, that's fair. They, they saw okay. the episode already. They're here for commentary. Okay, sorry. I thought you wanted me to pause. Yes, we are. What? Is oh, that, oh, oh what you're the you only got? intellectual what in the bunch? The cliff notes, huh? What are you doing? We're canvassing for Jimmy Mayhew. Yeah. Didn't you tell me the other day that you would never canvass? No, I wouldn't canvass with you because you turn people off, and I didn't want you to turn people off. It's great how quickly they're on to him. You're going door to door to strangers' homes? Yes. That's weird because you don't even like people. Well, I hate people individually, but I love mankind. Oh, you do? He's very interested in local politics. He Is called it? me. We share I'm similar. Sorry. Yes. Did you say that Larry called you and asked if he could borrow? <laughs> Remember, we, should, we should really get going. We have a lot of houses. Cornerstone of our democracy. I know that you don't care about people and you don't give a shit about politics. Well, you know, maybe when I was married to you, you held me back from the person I really wanted to be. What's on your your sweatshirt? The pin from Mayu. You hate pins because they make holes in your sweater. Well, it's a thin pin. Oh, a thin pin. A thin pin. A anyway, thin let's pin. leave them to to to, uh, to Faulkner. What's Thank wrong you. with Faulkner? Uh, oh yeah, you have a great interest in turn of the century Mississippi. I do. Yeah. Well, you enjoy your book. I don't need a club to read a book. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Come along. We have to go. We have a lot to do. What are you doing? Bye bye. Local politics. What the fuck is going on? Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I absolutely love how she like the, the rudeness of an elected official of, of like the absent-minded rudeness of well, I wouldn't need a book club, of course. <laughs> I have a, I have a very random story. Um, my parents were once uh, meeting with Rudy Boschwitz, who was the United States Senator to the state of Minnesota at the time, and he used with Rudy Bosch from season one of Survivor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And um, this is uh, this is like circa 1987, 88, something like that. And while my mother is talking to him, he touches her forehead and says, you know, you have a wrinkle right here, (laughs) (laughs) which is an insane behavior for any person to do. But let alone a U.S. senator. It was like, is that not you don't seem your mind is very blown by that. Um, Right. You would you would think that a politician would be uh, smoother than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Although I, we've heard stories about, I mean, uh, Franken, who followed him, apparently was doing uh, things like that and worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, yeah, but I, I love how she says it so offhandedly. Like, it's not like she's trying to be rude. She just doesn't realize or doesn't care. 
at the next house, before they get to stands, Irma says to Larry, like, you can't ask to use the bathroom. Do you agree? What's your policy if you're is the bathroom? I, f- I feel like if you engage with someone for a long time, yeah, you could ask sure. to use the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, but like if you were like, no, because I'm so, hey, look for this person. They tell you to get lost. You don't get to that. And say, OK, but I use your bathroom. But I think but also we've seen Larry going door to door looking for a bathroom before. Right. That's how he met Haboose, for example. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if we need to repeat that. But I, I, I agree with Av. like the guy who he told who he respects would and, you know, and, and who took the pin and all that stuff, who, you know, didn't like when they said, oh, if you ears. take a pin, that's bad. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that, that, that guy, if Larry said, hey, man, by the way, can I use your bathroom? I'm sure he'd say fine. Now, Alex, I happen to know that you have a perfect bathroom for a canvasser to use. It's like not far off the front door. It's like siloed. It's not anyone's room. Quick in, quick out. I think you can never ask to use a bathroom if you're canvassing. No matter how long or positive the conversation you have with the homeowner is? There's no amount of uh, length of time (laughs) that warrants a stranger saying, oh, by the way, I'm here. Can I use your bathroom? (laughs) See. That's how you get robbed. Like, that's like the whole story. Like, then your family's tied up, not yours. But like, oh. Family is then tied up and like their house is robbed because they let a canvasser use the bathroom. Is that true? Who are the Don't let canvassers in your home. Yeah. Don't vote, kids. Don't vote. Don't <laughs> even get in, don't get involved. You start by voting, you end up your entire family's tied up and murdered. And it's your fault. <laughs> I didn't say murdered and robbed. Politicians are all the same. Just don't even bother. Tie your kids up. So we go you turn uh, into a, a pizza gate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Allie. Well, we have we have the underage sexual uh, predators here. Do you want to hear something humiliating? Always. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, uh, my criminal law exam as a one L was all based on Pizzagate. This was in 2018. No, seven, 17, 16. Yeah, around that. It must have been 16. Like I was just studying for exams. Like I was com- literally completely under a rock. So I read the entire fact pattern, all of the policies. It was like a drug ring in a pizza parlor. And I was like, that was a crazy fact pattern. They're like, have you not been reading the news? I was like, "Uh, no, (laughs) I had no idea. Okay, so we head to Stan's house. He's next up on the campaign trail. Um, And, you know, we open the door and his wife is like, oh, you know, you're Larry from the show. And it turns out that, you know, we hear we hear Stan like yelling in the background that Asa has struck again. This time he's been forcing Stan to drive all over town looking for an appropriate snack food for young Larry. And as Stan explains, everything I give him, he rejects. He rejected these because they were 290s and he's looking for a 70s vibe. These are too salty, too spicy. These not vegan, too vegan, too vegan. What the fuck does too vegan mean? Good question. And it's everything else. The pens, the cups. He wants the cups to be dolphin friendly. What the fuck does that even mean, Larry? And if he flicks his fingers at me one more time, I'm telling you, I'll shove those fingers so far up his arse, they'll pop out of his mouth and you can use them as a hand puppet. So Stan is Stan is getting upset. Yes. Are we surprised that Larry has no recognition of who Stan is when wife <laughs> his wife? Well, just by the name Stan. And the Irish accent. So Larry's supposed to assume that an Irish woman who says the name Stan is I'm I mean, Stan's wife. Yeah. Uh, you've been dealing with Stan all week. Like. Yeah, I mean, at times, L.A. is a very small world, obviously, but at times it's a huge world. Larry has so many stands in his life. <laughs> so many Irish stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's a fair comment. <laughs> there was the continuity issue with the chips. Right. And my question yeah. to the editors is like, again, it's been so interesting hearing about how the show's edited from the podcast. But like, how good does a take have to be to leave such an, a big content like that had to be a conscious decision. 
I mean, there's a lot of chips there and it's probably, you know, he's opening <laughs> bags and throwing bags around. And- I'm saying conscious decision on the editor's part to just say, fuck it, both cl- like I'm leaving it in because both. Because who cares? The also. post one are the best ones. I agree. I do. Mindset of like, it's live, even though it's not <laughs> like I watch it like a sketch. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely element to that to it. Um, yeah. So, OK, we have one more clip for this episode. We're going to head over to the country club where Larry is having lunch with Jeff and Leon and with Richard. So it turns out he did this movie when he was 17 and had sex in our trailer. And he was 17. He claimed that he was abused and got a $400,000 settlement. And now he's playing the victim. This is his luckiest day of his the life. Luckiest day of his life. He's ungrateful. This little motherfucker <laughs> got a piece of ass, which is priceless. Then he got $400,000 on top of that shit. Yeah. And the movie paid him. He got paid three fucking times and he's still complaining. Exactly. <laughs> How old were you when you first got laid? 14 years old. So if you were in a Boy Scout, you would have got your uh, intercourse badge. Fuck yeah. My first time tapping wasn't some gorgeous ass actress. It was this lady that made donuts and shit, donut shop. And you see me coming back years later asking for $400,000 in donuts. <laughs> I could have. Cream filled, jelly, all that shit. I tapped the lady that made the holes. <laughs> Hi there, good afternoon. Uh, before I take your order, I want to let you know that we do have a special today. There's a fresh Maine lobster, and there's only a few left. Oh, drawn butter, lemon. I know who loves that. Yeah, sounds pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll take. So we get three pretties on the lobster. Mm-hmm. Larry loves that lobster. I mean, I, I, you know, if that's your favorite food, I think that's more than three pretties, but. Um, that's our first, first, pretty, pretty, pretty good of any sort this season, right? When's our, when's our last one? I guess, you know, we don't have the stats on nine and 10, but yeah, so it's been a while for us. Yeah. So yeah, the problem is that we don't have the, the nine and 10, as you said, the last time that we heard it was Mr. Softy in season eight, episode nine, but that wasn't said by Larry. That was said by Emily, the little girl in the flashback with little Larry, even younger yeah. Larry than a young Larry. And then the previous time to that was season seven in the Seinfeld reunion. But there again, it wasn't Larry. It was Jason Alexander saying it as George Costanza in Seinfeld. So we haven't heard Larry David say it since vehicular fellatio, which is season seven, episode two. Long Interesting. Time. But okay. again, I'm sure it's come up in nine or 10, but I think it's perfect that they use pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like we use it on this podcast every episode, obviously <laughs> they use it like once or tw- twice max a season. Yeah, they and usually know, they, just wants a season. They say they save their uh, heavy hitters. Yeah. Um. So the waitress comes back and she's like, hey, sorry, bad news. But like we actually ran out of the lobster. I gave the last one to uh, Saul Berman's wet widow. <laughs> um. And she's like, he's like, that's Ruth Berman. She's not the widow. She's Berman's ex-wife. They've been mm. divorced 10 years. She can't you know, go around taking my golf lesson. Now she's taking my lobster. She's not a real widow. Um, it's interesting that like he didn't seem to care the first time. It's like only the second time that like he's even mentioning this. Yeah, and well, the first- I don't think she knew got remarried, right? Like all we all we know is that she slept with the tennis instructor and they got divorced <laughs> ten years ago. We learned that this episode though. We didn't know that before. Yeah, but but the, the whole thing of like like Jimmy from the golf club giving up Larry Slot to Berman's widow in the first place. Isn't that like when 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 um, the trainer called Larry to say that Wanda was stealing his car <laughs> right. in New York on car periscope? Yeah. Yeah. Might have even the same actor. Well, I don't think it was. That was the no, cleaning guy. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's not. But um, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm completely with Larry here. She's 
if she loved him so much, she should have slept with the tennis guy 10 years. <laughs> no, okay, fine. People can make mistakes. But like, that's obviously not how he felt because he divorced her. So. Yeah, if, if you he, got divorced, if he, if he yeah. knew if he knew she was taking advantage of the um, the the, um, the 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 widow advantage here, I think he'd be very upset. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with Larry. She's not a widow. She's the ex-wife of a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, so it's Election Day and Larry's online. To vote. Yada, yada, yada. Leon's virginity story. Like, how is <laughs> How do the we not already is, know that? First of all, is there, there must be a conflict because it's not true. Yes. Every time he has a different one, I'm sure. <laughs> $400,000 in donuts killed me. <laughs> I feel all those. Perfect donuts, for Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that it was like, it was like <laughs> we got the custard. We got the cream. We got the jelly donuts. Um, so, yeah. So it's election day and Larry's online to vote. Very long lines. Wait, uh, uh, I, uh, I assume Ali will be sending us a collection of donuts after the episode, right? Ah, yes, yes. Like sometimes, our previous guest, yeah. sometimes guests send us pastries. <laughs> all, uh, you have to do, Allie, all you have to do is send us eight different pies. <laughs> yeah, we got Alex and I got some lovely pastries from uh, Jonas the Roofer. Mm, He's yeah. the best. He should be on every single um, episode. Episode, yeah. I was going to say mailbag. Third, ho- third what, what host. What do we call it? Post, postman. Should we have a, Adam as a third host. He was great. He's untouchable for sure. Mm, uh, but yeah. I want to say the guy who's handing out the I voted stickers, which are pins. Yes. That guy should be playing young. Larry. Yes, of course. This That's is, exactly this is well, OK, so this is my theory. This, this is OK. Yeah, let's hear. This is my theory that this that this kid was put in the show. He's going to add that. He's gonna, I, I was expecting oh, to happen okay. this episode. Yeah. OK. No, so my if, theory is he read for the. Like you can right. hand out the sticker and get a line. <laughs> OK, so here so he, his name is Eli or Ellie Leonard. He's a writer's production assistant on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's uh-huh. a huge Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I like Allie and, and you, both of you. I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, well, this is exactly what Larry looked like 35 years ago. <laughs> yeah. We're about to find, you know, Ace I was sure show. that he, they were yeah. gonna, he was going to intertwine us in the plot. So, so I will say this. Yeah. If he's going to be on more of the season, there is zero. He's not on IMDb. Even like he's a nothing, this guy. I found his Twitter profile, which is how I found him. He's got like 300 followers. He's so if if he's about to blow up, then he's even more hidden than Maria Sophia. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So maybe maybe that. Yeah. That that was dropping an Easter egg, perhaps just to tease. It sounds like you need to slide into his DMs. Hi, this is Obstinensky, (laughs) co-host of the pretty, pretty, pretty good curve podcast. Not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get him before he's too hot. Yeah. Ah, Google uh, uh, Eli Leonard. I All can right. send you his we'll Twitter look, profile. We'll look him up later yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, before he pops. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he tries to give Larry a pin. Larry doesn't do it. He says, who will not wear the pin? Yeah, straight and, out of Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, Larry, you know, he's like, he says, no, it's a thin pin. And Larry's like, I've used that line. There's no such thing as a thin pin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we it's not a thin. Uh, 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 it's not a thin pin. It's a wide sweater. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, so Larry uh, sees Asa leaving the polling place and he sees that Larry has uh, changed his pin policy. And Larry mm. clarifies, you know, I didn't change my pin policy. I merely succumbed to pin pressure. Yeah. Um, and Asa says, you know, we really got to get rid of this prop guy. And which Larry's like, you know, you're going to give this guy a nervous breakdown. And that's going to be a real trauma, unlike this fake <laughs> trauma that you went through. Ooh. And Asa starts protesting. It was real abuse. So Larry just goes, he's like, goes over to this kid online. He's like, hey. If you saw a woman like this and I told you that she was interested in you, what would you say? He's like, sounds great. I'm in. And what if she touched you down there? He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. And what if I told you that she was going to invite you back to her apartment to have sex with her and then she'll give you $400,000? 
And the kid's like, yeah, that sounds great. Sign me up. Who wouldn't say yes to that? And Larry says, thank you for proving my point. Leaving the kid wondering, all right, so when is she coming? Is this happening? And he's like, no, you idiot. Well, that's the best part. That's what makes this work. He's just like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what does this kid think exactly is happening? Does he think he's on a TV show? <laughs> yeah, maybe. So he doesn't listen. If somebody's offering you stuff, you figure, okay, let's, yeah. let's see. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Larry's like looking at this line and he, uh, taps the person in front of him and says, Hey, uh, can I ask you, who are you voting for? And, uh, the guy says he's voting for, uh, Riemenschneifer. Oh, it wasn't Rosengartner. Yeah. By the way, if it's 2021, um, why are they standing in line voting? Vote online. <laughs> vote, you know, vote, uh, mail ballot. Well, yeah. They don't want to come in voter. Vote them. online. <laughs> no, they're voting online. That's the problem. Don't get on the line. Um, and he says, Oh, interesting. I'm planning on voting for Mayhew. Uh, why don't we just both um, have our votes cancel out and we could go home? And the guy's like, sounds great. And they throw their pins away. To me, this was such a such a baller move. I loved it. I love both. Yeah. I love both of them here. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is very reminiscent of a storyline in the West Wing where like Donna does the opposite, where like she realizes she voted for the wrong person and she like starts like flagging people down, trying to vote to find someone who voted for the who's planning to vote for the opposite person who would be willing to change their vote to like cancel out her vote. <laughs> Um, so that reminded me of this a lot, but yeah, this is, this is just like a great call by Larry. I love the other guy for just like being game. I'd be like, you know what? That makes sense. Let's go home. I just can't get over that. Larry's like actually going to vote. Like it just, that's what I love about that story arc is it goes from like, he doesn't care. He's sort of dragged there by Susie or Richard lose, lose it, loses Lewis, whatever. And then now it's like it's gotten so he's in so deep that he's actually in line to vote. Like, I love that. He's in line uh, to vote and then he's at, and then he's at the election night party. Well, that is that makes sense. He's still sort of like sucking right. up to yeah. Irma, but the fact that he's there alone, nobody's seeing him there anymore. Yeah, right. yeah that, that part's less. Yeah, but Larry also, David voting in like the local Santa Monica election yeah. seems super likely. <laughs> that that's the part, like the kind of person, and you know, it should everybody should vote all the time. Everybody should have high turnout. Like you actually have a much bigger effect on your local town elections than you do on your national election because there's fewer votes relatively. Um, and I'm you know, I'm being very sincere. All that having been said, the kind of people, because unfortunately people don't, the kind of people who do vote or turnout is lower are more committed. And so, yeah, I wouldn't seem they'd be so likely to. Uh, Larry got lucky with who he was right behind, I guess. Yeah. So we head to the uh, aforementioned election night party. Returns are starting to come in. It's looking like it's going to be a close one. Yeah. And this Larry's- is an important enough uh an important enough election that it's uh, it's on yes, TV. There's wall-to-wall yeah. coverage on the TV. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Rick, every 10 minutes. That's Rick Chambers, co-anchor of the KTLA Weekend News and Sunday Edition, who's playing himself. Oh, and so fantastic. I would propose, Av, that this is our 13th member of the Richard Lewis Club. Um, yes. He's yeah. definitely not at the dancing club. Yes. <laughs> Whether Allie, he made the good thoughts, place or not. Ali, thoughts on Rick Chambers? <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> All right, let's finish up. Um, so Larry's talking to Irma and Mrs. Mayhew and is happy to hear that Larry is one of her husband's biggest supporters. And she walked, you know, the, the, the wife walks away and Irma starts raving about her and about Jimmy and the kids. And Larry's just like over the top. Yes. And oh, have you seen? Have you ever seen kids like that? <laughs> and uh, Irma excuses herself, says she has to go get something to eat. She's got to get rid of her gas bubble, brings that back up again, offers Larry some various choices of hors d'oeuvres that he declines. And Susie comes over and is like, so what's going on? You're dating the councilwoman now? And Larry's like, I would say dating, more exploring the situation. And Susie's surprised, given he previously said that she was the most obnoxious woman alive. And Larry says, you know, 
I stand by that statement. Yet for some reason, I'm inexplicably drawn to that which repels me. Yeah. And Susan's now George Costanza it. was drawn to that which he repelled. Yes. Yeah. The masseuse. Right. Yeah. Um, Susie's not buying it. She knows Larry's full of shit. You're up to some scheme. This is like one of your zany, you know, harebrained <laughs> nonsense. Which uh, I can't believe she's not connecting the dots. Um, to the ordinance. Like, where is she not? I guess Jeff doesn't talk to her. No, she's not because it's so fucking stupid. The same reason the episode <laughs> doesn't even acknowledge what it is because it makes no sense. I see. <laughs> I think they don't acknowledge what it is because everybody just knows it's so obvious. No, I yeah, I, I mean, it, we're supposed to understand what he's doing. Um, there's no way Susie would know, but she just she knows he's up to something. Um, so suddenly the TV comes in with breaking news. And unfortunately for the party goers, the incumbent has held on to the mayor's mansion by the slimmest of margins, winning by a mere single vote. Yeah. And Susie's besides herself. What whatever lazy piece of <laughs> shit didn't bother yeah. to vote is going to have a hard time sleeping tonight. By the way, uh, this doesn't if it's decided by one vote, it's not decided. They have to recount. Correct. Like, it would be a recast. Yeah. Yes. No, they, they don't announce on the news. All right. We just it's got done. It's one official. By one. Yeah, it's official. Done. Uh, the TV anchor agrees. If anybody out there decided not to vote today for whatever reason, you could have changed the future of our city. That sounds like a real anti Riemann Schneider message for, for um, Rick Chambers. To <laughs> well, saying. just, you know, the, we, whenever you support, the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly a loud voice takes over the room. I know. I know how we lost by one vote. Larry David thought the line was too long, so he didn't vote. And Larry first denies it, but Asa swears he watched Larry walk away from the line and throw his voting pit in the trash. So Larry starts to squirm and explain, oh, well, you know, I made a deal with the guy. No, well, why does Larry admit it? Why not just say Asa's <laughs> a liar? Um, it's, it's, I think it's very hard to lie when the person has caught you red-handed. Like, you're just like... You're, Whatever you Yeah, you saw me walking out. I had already voted, jackass. Well, it was two seconds after whatever. Yeah. I think I think by the, what is Ace to do? He's going to lose his job. He's a nobody. He's going to be about to be a star in the show. With Ted Danson. Why is he like blowing up his boss's spot like this? Yeah, this is very stupid. Yeah. Um, and also what he screams, fry him, fry him. What does that mean? Fry him. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he'd cost them the election. But, but what, what fry, the, like give him the electric chair. Like what electric is the chair? Of course. Like? I don't know. Ali, do you watch with captions? No. Okay. Ever or just comedies? I never will occasionally put them on. If I like want to know what word someone said, I'll like go back and put them on quickly oh. and turn them off. So I, I'm always captioned. And the one ex- sort of exception is comedies. But like with Curb, I need to do it because I pick these things up like fry him. Or the names of a character say that's how I know it's a second watch. Up. Both watches. First watch. Maybe not. But <laughs> after that, every watch, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of the episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, Ali, why don't we start with you? Uh, tell us your rating for this episode. Oh, wait, actually, one thing first before this. I'm afraid mm. to talk now because my audio is so terrible. I don't know why. But on the Richard Lewis tweet of like, I'm so glad I'm here, JB Smooth tweeted, Wish I was working today. But then they had a scene together. So I was like very conscious of like, was this edited mm. in? But there is what there is. I mean, the magic yeah. of television, they could do anything. But there is a part where they're both seen on screen at the same time. We do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're both at the club together. Yeah. Yeah. So so I guess Richard's scenes are filmed over two days and maybe the maybe the next day he uh, showed up. It just know. seems very weird to be like, wish yeah. I was working today. But I'll- <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a misdirection. 
The tweet was. Yeah. And it's also he's in such little. He's in such few scenes. So if you're sick, you'd think he'd only come for the one day. Yeah. No, that this is a, this is a, another plot thickener here. All right. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. I don't know if we have to ask Jeff Schaefer that question. I don't think it. <laughs> I'm giving it four pretties, just a wow, just okay. a rock hard four pretties. Okay. I don't know why I said rock hard, in, in, but in Eric, four in Eric Everhard. <laughs> yeah, Eric Everhard four. Callback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any more or that's a any more introspection on your on your rating? Like, that, like, I think I liked it less after recapping it. Right. But like, oh. I enjoyed watching it and I enjoyed watching it a second time. And uh I laughed out loud, which when you're watching by yourself, uh, I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, but gentlemen, uh, it's a lot harder to get a laugh out loud moment. So multiple laugh out louds. Did the plot hang together? No. But did I like it? Yes. Four pretties. Mm, strong. Ah, what about you? Yeah, I um, I'm right on board with that. I have this as pretty, 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 pretty good. Oh my um, God, I didn't even do it. I didn't even do it. <laughs> I wasn't going to force you. You, you have to what? I'm okay, so come back, come back, tell us what's your rating. I, I had uh, an intro line, an alternate line, and I forgot. I flubbed right. the dismount. Edit out. Pretty, 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 pretty good. I am tempted to give it a half because it's so funny to say the half pretty, but <laughs> I have to be true to the system. How do you do it? Do you just say pretty, or do you say pretty very quickly? I've never even. I've never said it. Well, I think well, I'd I, say pre- I'd say pretty, 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 pretty. Ah, uh, part of the word. Okay. All right. It, and yeah. And Av, are you also a full four then? I'm a full four pretties. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I laughed a ton from this episode. I like that's what first and foremost. Um, I agree some of the stuff doesn't quite hold together um upon the introspection that we uh, force ourselves to give it here. Um, but I I just was having a ton of fun watching this from beginning to end. I thought Tracy Ullman is knocks it out of the park. Um, and you know, the, there's some cringy stuff, but I think they they make up with for it with some really great lines and some really memorable scenes. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's the shortest episode of the season by a few minutes. It's also has far fewer plots than a typical curve episode. We really only have two. We have the Irma plot and the, there the was a- the book and club the, and the Asa plot. <laughs> well, that, that's, uh-huh. that's a scene. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's part of the Irma plot. And like, to me, just the Irma plot makes no sense at all. Like the entire premise is so insane, even again, by, by curb standards. Um, and then and then the Asa plot, like Asa is so unredeemably bad that there's no possible way to root for him, you know, even if he was a victim of a crime. Um, and so, like, you know, I discussed before my issues with the plot. Um, I don't know. I, I just like T- Tracy Ullman's a treasure, but she kind of fell flat for me here. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I really laughed at all. I think the only thing I'll remember from this episode is widow benefits. I think that's an expression that I'll, I'll be. And that is the least thing that that's true in the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I will be using that inappropriately uh, every time a family member of mine dies. Absolutely, I can promise you that. Um, and but so I but but I honestly enjoyed it so much to, during this recap, like doing this podcast with you guys. It's the opposite of what Ali just said. We sucked their joy out of curve. But I, I, I guess I stole that joy from you. I really liked it. I mean, my rating coming into this podcast was pretty, pretty good. Just one and a half pretties. I ranked it 85 out of 89 episodes. One slot wow. below Angel Muffin. Um, below Angel. This was better than Angel Muffin. I, I, honestly, not- I'm reading for my notes. Below Angel Muffin, comma, which seems much better in hindsight, comma, especially compared to this crap. So, That's insane. I don't know. Are but- you willing to amend your will and call it widow benefits? <laughs> <laughs> Widow privileges. Widow privileges. 
but, it, but I think the, be, the the purpose of it is it has to be imposed on others, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, give, her, give her, you know, like, you know, like it's like a relationship, like uh, corny, but obviously we've all done it. Like relationship thing where like for like a birthday or anniversary or like Valentine's Day, you give like, like, like gift, coupons. like, like, yeah, coupons, yeah. gift cards. So <laughs> on my deathbed, I'm going to hand a bunch to Jen. <laughs> <laughs> little privileges. <laughs> and then she said, like the grocery store. Sorry, I get to skip the line. Look, he gave me a card. Skip the line at the grocery store. My husband's dead. <laughs> One penis problem to be handled by Av. Like you can lay this off on somebody else. Wait, what? Uh, like oh, you I'm dying so, uh, This whole thing. Is okay, <laughs> that's not what I thought you were saying. Um, oh, thank penis you. Problem. So she di- like, I died so young that my kids are still having penis problems. <laughs> it's called a callback, you know. Yeah. Guys, is this uh is this an episode of the penis problems podcast? <laughs> That's a feminine thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So are you so are you sticking with that rating or has your rating improved? I'm gonna have to wait for the fourth watch. Um, but I'm <laughs> so I have retroactively changed my ratings before. But at the moment, I'm sticking with one and a half for this episode. And <laughs> okay. I've actually been average higher than you off this year. Oh, yeah. But yeah, but, th- but this episode, I-, I take a turn. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. All right. Who is your come with guy off? Uh, my come with guy is the uh, voter online who agrees with Larry's plan. <laughs> Very <laughs> literal. I love, I love what, what is, he? Is, he, is he a Riemann Schneider voter? Like, <laughs> how is he identified in IMDb? Um, I, I think he's just like voter. <laughs> Okay, good job. Um, Allie, what about you? So I I don't want to do this. And when I first was writing my notes, almost this person, and then I wrote all of the reasons. And then I was like, I can't pick another person. I've just made like an airtight case. And so I again, I, it hurts me to do this. I think it's Larry. Okay. Okay, they're gonna be like, what? No, tell uh, us why. I think he he intervenes for Stan. He's like really supports his employee in Stan. I think he earnestly starts canvassing like <laughs> behind it. He goes to vote by himself, seemingly of his own volition. He reached out to Ru- Richard Lewis, apparently, allegedly, according to the tweet, the second tweet, like the second watch. I think it's Larry. Mm. Okay. I think all my laughs come from him. The conversation with Leon, like I, it's it's Larry. I'm impressed oh. the the confidence as a guest on the podcast to come in and let <sighs> name Larry. I mean, well, I first I, I acknowledge that I didn't opinion. want to, but I acknowledge that I didn't want to do it too. No, very good. All right, I also <laughs> like when we have when we have different come with guys and and fucking assholes. Uh, my come with guy is Stan. Uh, much like Stan the caddy, Stan is an upright citizen. He is just trying to do a good job. He's dealing with this asshole at work. And, you know, we've all dealt with an asshole at work. So Stan is my come with guy. Also, just the Irish broad, just a wonderful accent. Our closing mail every week comes from Owen Allen. He's given us a couple of voice notes here and then just to give us a little taste of that Irish accent, uh, <laughs> which I always. Fa- well, I, I'm a fan of the Irish accent. What do you I love the say? Irish accent. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand me, it, but I like uh, it. Me too. I'm laughing at you saying just to give him a little, give us a little taste. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard Owen Allen talking about the bubble boy? Wait, remind me um, the next week bubble. to tell you about the Irish guy that Missy dated who left her a voice note. And I do. A- well, what do you mean next week? Why can't it just be like right now? Well, because I'll tell you the whole story. Right. <laughs> and on this podcast, we cannot tell the stories. That are- All, right. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. To well, that I'm going to see you next week with Missy. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, we're, oh, yes. We're going to see each other in person next week. Very exciting. Oh, I think you're going to be there, too. That's the plan. Oh, great time will be had by all. It will. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some fucking assholes. <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Are we just should we say it in unison? Is it- Are we going different places? Or are you so confident going to the same place? 
Well, I think if, if anyone's picking spite, it's because you want to be different. He is objectively the fucking asshole this episode. Who, Asa? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, so I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. Yeah, yeah, there um, it is. Well, no, but 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 hear, but hear me out. So I say I say the fucking asshole in this episode is Larry David. And here's Bullshit. why. Because, well, hear me out. So first of all, he uh, he belittles sexual assault. He doesn't vote. Uh, he costs his side. The so election. did you. But then but then I am taking everything that Asa does and I'm throwing that in the Larry David bucket, too. Because Asa is young Larry, and he is in his daily life personifying the experience of being a young Larry David. So I'm taking everything Asa does. I'm putting that in Larry's column, too. And Larry David's the fucking asshole. Wow. Larry David now. um, Let's see. He 15, 16. Much Um, like I had confidence to make him the come with guy. This is the weakest case ever to make him the fucking (laughs) asshole. Yeah. Chappelle called him the asshole in the watermelon episode for befriending the Klansman. Yeah. Which is justified. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Av, this is collectively the 16th time that either one of us has called Larry David the uh, fucking asshole. And the last two times were by me, three of the last four times were by me. But oh no, in Denise Handicap, we both agreed that he was the yeah. asshole. Yeah, it really, it really Sorry. should be Asa. I'm, I agree, it's really Asa. But I was, uh, you know. Wait, what's your official vote though? My official vote is Larry David. Yeah. Put an asterisk though, because he's <laughs> he's just you know. Well, I'm using I'm using what that the 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 visual and verbal language of the show to tell me that Larry David personified in the form of Asa. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm crediting Larry for those asshole points. Okay, now if he does not, if he gets fired, become young Larry. Do you go uh-huh. back? Ah, and, retro- and no, because he it. was doing those asshole moves yes, as Larry. at the time. At the time, no, he, he did it. No, yeah, was- they, no, she's Allie's right. It was before the table read. This is the first time he's an asshole, and then yeah. the last time he's not playing Larry either. When he's at the uh, elect, in fact, he probably knows he's lost the job. No, but he's a method actor. He's always in character oh, as Larry, he, even at that point. Yeah, he's still he's still hired, so he's but out if, living his life as Larry David. But if he's if he's living as Larry, he would know that Larry wouldn't give a shit about politics anyways. I think there's, uh, well, part, I think there's he, part Larry, part Asa in there. Yeah, well, well he what, doesn't know about the coffee situation either. He's not. Yeah, I was going to say, he's actually not doing... Yeah, well, that makes him even more of a fucking asshole. He never takes up uh, Larry up on the offer to talk to him about stuff. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He just makes his own assumptions. <laughs> Which is very bad method yeah. acting. You have the guy right there. Yeah, Larry, Larry really <laughs> cared about his coffee. Yeah, he's telling yeah. you he didn't. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so we have a slight disagreement on the fucking asshole. Would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse uh we have a, a special cameo in this episode of course by tracy elman playing a character and then rick chambers as i mentioned before playing himself our 13th member of the richard lewis club our richard lewis club of course is those who when they come on the show and play themselves they are less famous than richard lewis was when he came on the show for the first time and played himself in 2000 and our members are mary steenberg virgin 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 yeah yeah, which one? All right. Uh, Brad Hall, Wanda Sykes in 2001, Mike Binder, Michael York, Lou DiMaggio, Christine Taylor in 2004, Katie Huffman, Phil Rosenthal in 2005, Mark Hirschfield, Josh Mankiewicz, uh, Dylan O'Brien for Av and Alex only, and now Rick Chambers. <laughs> I'd like to go back and listen to you guys talking about Brad Hall. Did he right. played Julia Dreyfus's husband? Yeah, yes. he plays himself. Yeah, so like that's like a little bit different. Well, Mary Steenburgen's the same way, you could say. Well, she's a, she's an actress like in real life. 
he's not really right. Um, he was. I mean, he was on That's SNL. Interesting. Like I do. I think SNL. it's the same. So I didn't they meet I think on it's SNL? like it's slightly different. When no, they met at Northwestern, baby. Oh, go Cats! Oh, no, Allie, did you know who Dylan O'Brien was before that episode occurred? Hell no, but I loved you guys talking about it. I Googled who he was. But it's so oh, okay. funny listening to you talk about him. And you were like, yeah, the young people, not that I'm much younger than you, but like, I was like, I have no idea who this is. And I loved how you were like, so many awards, though. Look at the amount of awards. Yeah, <laughs> He's so obviously funny. very famous. Wait, so wait, 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 hold on. Like Maybe Ali, Al, Ali is our only voice of the young and Ali saying he's not famous. I'm not young, though. I'm 30. Like, I'm young. <laughs> You're young relative to us. Yeah. Yeah, but not even really. Right, right. Once you're past a certain point, it's all the same. Listen, Ab and I on our next birthdays are, are recharging the mitzvah for the third time. So 30 is, right. is young to us. Recharging the mitzvah for the third time? Yeah, Danny Duberstein says you got to get a bar is mitzvah. Is that like every, 39? Every, is that 13, what every 13 yeah. years. You got to recharge the mitzvah. You misunderstood. What I, said to, I, my, I think when I was... you turn 13. It's every 13 years. This is what moos do. I think my mom asked me something <laughs> about this and I was like, yeah, they're all like older than me in age. Not so much, but like they all have like 50 kids. So like in lifestyle, it's like, forget it. <laughs> like, I have a normal number. Yeah, of it's like 50 to me. Right, right. Um, OK, I have a normal number of kids. So, so does Alex. Four isn't like a real. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, well four, when four they're all the boys, it's like exponential. Yeah, also true. Four, four. You can understand. Four Any, boys is like six kids. Any more than four? What about six? Uh, our friend Jared is one of six boys. Yeah, it's like twelve kids. That's true. But yeah. he only has two kids. No, no, he but he three. is he. But he is one of six brothers. Yes, correct. Yeah, or I five, need to know less about how many kids strangers on the internet have. Let's <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah, right, we're, well, giving out, we're giving out personal information now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, social security numbers will come after the postman. <laughs> Allie, are you sticking okay. around with us for the postman? I gotta go to bed at one. I gotta call it. It's All my right. fault that it went so long. I, I'm also like very insecure about my horrible audio. Like, so I feel like it's a waste to even no, be on. It, no, you, you left us with many jewels and many nuggets. Um, a couple of them may be lost to uh, the audio issue, but, but I'm sure <laughs> the right. listeners will let us know. If we let me, let me quickly throw some. We got a couple questions that were just directed at you. So it would be uh, so oh, we're too. still on this. I thought you stopped the record. I thought that no, was true. Recording continues. I will no. insert a postman uh, audio drop at some point around here. Postman, postman, come here. here Tell okay. the neighborhood right, what a shonda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Okay. Uh, you are lousy, oh, Jew. But you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Ashanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. Yeah, let's see. We got a question for Ali. This is from um, Christian Dismuke. Oh, that's Nelson. Isn't that Nelson Nelson, from Denver? Yeah. How would you defend slash prosecute Larry's pool case? Oh, it's a good thing we finally have a lawyer on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nelson's been waiting for a lawyer. I would um, hire a lawyer who is qualified to, 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 to do that, <laughs> which I am not. Yeah. Zach Brooks says, I hear you're having Allie as a guest. I hope she's not Allie with an E. <laughs> and then. Uh, oh, really quick about the court case is like, and I was going to say this before, like 
Larry could pay a settlement for this. Right. Like, right. like what are we doing? You're yeah, going to well, tank your, the money you're going to make from young Larry is more than enough to pay the settlement. So you're going to tank yeah. a show over it. Right. Also, and also like, forget the money. It's like such a heartache. Like you're doing a show. Like why do you want to have it ruined? But, but listen, the yeah. guy didn't want money. His dream is set. Right. Getting his, his yeah. Like, well, like let him, let him sue you and, and pay a lawyer, like go through like, well, but, he, but Larry has been led to believe that prison is on the line. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't keep this guy quiet. Because that's how law works, Allie. Okay, <laughs> it's not your area of practice, as you know, as you mentioned. I guess so. You didn't know that. Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll let you go then. Um, oh, those were the two questions I had to say. Those are the two questions. Well, I, you know, we have you here, so we may as Where's well. Where's Matt Stewart? He doesn't listen to this podcast. He's, um, he's. I think he does. He's written in before, but he did it right in. Wow. Um, he, wow. He's not a. He's not a, a usual uh, postman. Yeah, but but the point is that he's the alley stand. So yeah, that's me true. calling for the one person that that knows. <laughs> that's me. true. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Nothing for Matt. All right. Uh, Allie, we'll let you go. You want to tell people where they could find you? Yeah. And, and sorry again about my audio and, and the quality of my brain right now. I'm very <laughs> tired, but I did not want to miss this. I've been looking forward to this uh, all season. I love this podcast as I've made abundantly clear. Um, you know, you have to say that for the Renap haters who are like, you didn't even want to be here. I moved mountains to be here. Um, so thank you guys for having me. You can check out the challenge podcast and the challenge all-stars podcast wrap up on uh, wrap ups podcast um, at robinsonwebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. You could follow me at last tweets and you could check out old episodes of the now defunct podcast, <laughs> new girl, old guy at anchor.fm slash new girl, old guy. Is defunct permanent? Really? Are you breaking news here? The gag is your audio now broke up on, on me. It's just like they don't, the world doesn't want me to be here, you know? <laughs> I think it's a message from God that we should all be in bed right now. <laughs> I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, I still have to go grocery shopping tonight. I don't understand how you grocery shop in the middle of the night. I'm because my kids don't have lunches for school tomorrow. And we have no food in our house right now. So it's got to be done. Okay. Um, but Allie, thank you so much well, for joining you- us. Have a good night, Allie. Thanks a lot. Have you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good night. All right. Do we continue through with the rest of the postman? Yes. Let's check out the postman. First email is from Michael J. Clark. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, we we pulled snippets. Um, He says, I know I've been high on this season as of late, but boy, oh boy, that was a stinker. Lazy writing. We've seen this before. The joke of the boy not being traumatized by being taken advantage of by a teacher slash older woman done to death. SNL did the loss by one vote thing with Larry himself years ago. Come with guy is Irma, I guess. Asshole is Asa, and he gives the episode 0.5 pretty. Wow. The lowest ever rating given to any episode. Um, I think we had that before. I think Jared gave oh, really? the same score to the bat mitzvah. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, I I don't disagree, I guess. Um, yeah, you're a little bit higher than that. Uh, it's V Raps writes in. He says, long time, first time. I think, mm. yeah, I think this is his first email. And he says, I thought this episode was hilarious and built on the momentum of last week's great episode. Very funny. Quick hits from Leon, Ted Danson, Maria, Sophia, Richard Lewis, and even Cheryl that didn't swerve from the main plot, but involved other characters in funny ways. The book club scene in particular was a perfect use of Cheryl as a foil and Irma's condescending. I don't need a book club to read books. Had me rolling. Come with guy is the waitress who gives Larry's lobster away to the widow, thus preventing leave the son of Nat from eating the dreaded shellfish. (laughs) 
was great to see Jenna, Jessica McKenna, the comedy writing partner of Zach Rhino, the Jews for Jesus actor from last week, and most famously a guest on episode number six of Renap, the one hit wonder bracket with Michael J. Clark. Sorry, Allie. And I only wish she had gotten more of a chance to shine slash sing. Seeing this comedy podcasting duo that a podcasting with Robin Akiva on Curb gives me hope that our very own fearless host will indeed be on season 11, as foretold by the great Jonas the Roofer. The fucking asshole of the week has got to go with Asa. The level of method acting may be appropriate for the Kendall Roy's of the world, but not for little Larry. Overall, I rate this episode pretty, 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 pretty good. Four and a half pretties out of five. The next email is from we we already have the widest range we've ever had. Yeah. From Alex's brother, Sammy Chester. Wow. Another uh, first time host. on There will be pod who says I didn't even know he watched um, Curb. Yeah, he says, would you describe Larry David as Soloveitchik's halachic man? (laughs) (laughs) Viewing the world through a strict code. Um, There was an article that came out in the last week or two um, in one of the Jewish magazines that said that Larry David is as Jewish as ever. He compared Larry David to um, a, I don't know, I guess a character or a, you know, a, 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 you know, imagining a, a person who strictly adheres to all the tenets of Jewish law. Um, is also to a very by. famous rabbi. Yes, it's, it was written by a very famous rabbi. Um, so Sammy is is uh, wondering if that is, that is correct, that Larry views the world through a strict code. Leon, on the other hand, is the opposite of the halakhic man, the spiritual guy that is just go with the flow. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, pretty close to spot on. I mean, with Larry, though, it's like it's he defines halakha as um, whatever he thinks about things, though. So it's like he has a very personal code uh, that he strictly adheres to and expects other people. Like there was that line a few se- was it last season where like Cheryl's like, you expect everyone to follow your made up rules. Yeah. But he also openly says like, oh, no, that's for everybody else. For me, the rules are different. <laughs> right. Right. The First Amendment is I Larry David should be able to say what he wants. Everybody else should ask Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he then asks, is Young Larry part of the recent surge of coming of age semi-autobiographical screen content? What do you make of all this new nostalgia childhood media? Mm, good point by Sammy. Good question. Yeah. Although we see a lot of flashbacks to the 80s and the 90s. We haven't seen a lot of flashbacks to the 70s. Yeah. Maybe those are still to come. Mm. Um, okay. Next is in Dove c- Goldstein, cinema, another new seen more, writer. Not on TV. Yeah. Another new writer, Dove Goldstein. He says, hey, guys, fan of the pod, friend of Sammy's child of divorce. Despite campaigning for the fresh young candidate, the weeks this week's episode really showed its age. Hate to say this, given all he's been through, but it feels like Richard Lewis lost a step. His quips were slow and underwhelming, and his presence felt forced. The My Fair Lady Frankenstein portrayal of Irma worked in theory, but I would have dug into her whole monitor Karen persona and veered away from her oafish mannerisms. We saw enough of those last week. Even the callback laden canvassing montage had the feel of a clip show drawing on the past for laughs instead of creating new moments. One major nitpick, Jeff and Susie hosted the Santa Monica political elite in view of their fucking their pool lacking a five foot fucking fence. Was this Susie's plan all along? Cozy up to the council and change the ordinance by any means necessary, even if it means foisting Larry on his equally repugnant foil. Ooh, I like this. Having I didn't, I didn't that, notice that their pool also didn't have a fence. I didn't notice that either. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, having said all that, this episode had its moments. Leon's Frankenstein ran killed me, and I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so I give the episode two and a half pretties. Come with Gal is Susie, who repeatedly pops up in the right place at the right time to move the story forward. Community orga- organizing, reading Faulkner, arguably Susie's greatest action was the restraint she showed in front of Irma. Anything for the cause and the plot. The fucking asshole is Ruth Berman, no question, as I'm sure you two must have done. 
I too went back and watched the funeral scene from episode five. No sign of Ruth. What's more, second wife Anna does not appear to be a hot young tennis instructor, but rather an older woman who has become a mother figure to Hal. Well, hold on. Widow, but, but, no, but he's not the one who slept the tennis instructor. She was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's um, part of what but, makes her so bad. But still, if Ruth Berman is claiming widow privileges, she better have her ass at that funeral. Yes. Yes, of course. With widow privileges come widow responsibility. It's, it's literally the least you can do. And Ruth Berman has no right to come out of the woodwork and cry widow at the club. To that end, where were all the stairs and scales directed at her? Given the Berman family's love of prayer, at least a cottage before ordering the lobster. <laughs> Next is Kenny Eisman, who says, I was in Al's hometown this past Shab- Shabbos and was asking around for the juiciest looking person in town. But alas, I could not find you. Um, sorry, I was away this past weekend. So that's why you missed me. Um, also, after listening to the review last week, I call you be- a Jew face who would stick out like a sore thumb. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> I'm a bowl full of Jew. Um, I need to increase my score. All these individual bits were funnier and you pointed it out. So I don't think the points change, but I would give it four pretties out of five. So I, I, uh, I did go ahead and uh, I knocked up his uh, three and a half to a four for last week. Um, and anyone should feel free through like through the end of the season. If you want to send in ratings for episodes that you haven't yet. Um, you know, we'll 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 close it out once the season's over. But until the season's over, if you're still catching up, send in your rankings, no problem. Um, he says this week's curb with Irma, I thought was actually a much more classic curb episode. The asking the person in front of you to tap the person is a great bit. The whole losing by one vote, vote bit was great. It reminded me of his fantastic SNL spoof, Burn Your Enthusiasm, where Larry David played Bernie Sanders. And Asa is the fucking asshole. Stan, the prop guy, is the come with guy just because of how devoted he is to his job. And he gives the episode three out of five pretties. Next writer is Ashley Welleschuk, who says, hello, Av, Alex, and hopefully the guest I think it is. Um, I guess we'll, you'll now you know whether it was the guest you thought it was. Um, I wasn't crazy about this episode, but I have some relatives with the last name Krasovsky. Kostrowski uh, pronounced the same way. So I was tickled by the title. Three more things before my rankings. Are they, One, are they repugnant? Did we get that information? Uh, we did not. Um, said, let us know if your relatives are repugnant. They sound lovely. <laughs> the music where Larry is looking up Irma and going to the meeting is so weird. Maybe the worst curve music ever. I adored Irma's hairdo. Yeah, Perfect it was very role. weird. And, and the oh. captions, because as mentioned previously, I had the captions on. They had a description. They said something. I don't remember now what it was, but I remember the word was it was not whimsical or one of the words that Seinfeld ca- uh, the curb captions usually use. It said something like mm-hmm. I forget, but it used a different adjective to describe the music. And yeah. I, did, I did notice that. Um, I adored Irma's hairdo. Perfect for the role. The wig master should get a bonus for that one. Tracy Ullman was great. What kind of public officials profile says explicitly that the person is divorced? I hope you discuss this because it is truly baffling. Um, yeah, that would never happen. Uh, the come with guy is definitely the titular Ir- Irma Kostrowski. I hope we see more of her. She's just a gal working hard for her city. Nothing but respect. Larry is the fucking asshole, and it's not even close. Despite how the show frames it, sexual assault is sexual assault. Doesn't matter who is the per- perpetrator and who is the victim. Harassing a survivor is a bad move, even for Larry. Might be one of the top fucking asshole moves. Also, Larry misrepresenting a candidate's political position to constituents isn't great, but that is blown out of the water by his first offense. I give the episode two and a half, pretties out of five. Thanks for the continued coverage of the new season. Always a delight. Yeah. And so this is like, you know, we said earlier on an earlier episode when when Jeff committed a, it wasn't just sexual assault, but it was uh, then like lying, remember, and uh, basically, you know, lying to send a woman to a mental institution. And we sort of said, you know, you have to, within the world of Curb, you have to sort of like, you know, make assumptions like we said, well, Asa actually may have been faking it and actually may have been the bad guy because otherwise, yeah, you're right. These people are doing very horrible things. So we try and we try and keep the horribleness to a level of absurdity, generally speaking. 
Yeah. Next up is Christian Dismuke, who says, hey, Alex and Av, it's been a minute since I last emailed. I was traveling for work all summer and was busy planning my wedding that took place on Sunday. Congratulations. That's great news. With that being said, I'm back, baby. I really enjoyed the Irma episode. I was down on last week's episode. Um, it had some good moments, but I didn't think it was one of the best of the season. Irma was a bounce back episode for me. The Larry and Tracy scenes were really fun, and I love their chemistry. Susie and Cheryl sniffing out Larry's ulterior motives at the book club was classic Herb. The table read with Maria Sophia was a laugh riot. This episode reminded me of a recorded sketch Larry did on SNL when he was portraying Bernie Sanders. Episode rating is four pretties out of five. Come with guy is prop guy Stan, who dealt with all the nonsense, and the fucking asshole is Asa. What a tool. Um, he throws in a Seinfeld reference. Does the winning mayor eat horse too? Um, yep. Mm, it seems nice like a know. lot of people picked up on that. Yeah. Um, next we go to Joshua Schmitz, who says, great episode. I really enjoyed Larry's canvassing door to door with Irma showing her really go, will, will go to any length to get his way. It was great having Richard back as well, although he looked like he was in major pain. Come with guy is Irma Kostrowski. The fucking asshole is Asa for the ridiculous demands on set. And he gives the episode four pretties out of five. We now go to Jared Jerome, who says, I'm back, baby. So far, I haven't loved season 11. I think it's been very up and down at times trying to do too much, being too unrealistic and too broad, a little kooky, if you will. But this episode was classic Herb for me. Keep it simple. Present some crazy but believable characters. Have them get involved with Larry and silly but conceivable disagreements. Throw in some laughs and storyline tie-ins and call it a day. See, was that so hard? Well done, fellas. Seinfeld connections. He mentions Jay Riemenschneifer sticking with the Kramer scene. He talks about not wanting, wanting to wear the ribbon. Um, Asa engaging in the method actor, just like, you know, uh, Sandy demanded that she be called Elaine. He wants to be called Larry. When Irma stupidly asked Larry if his name is spelled with a Y, it reminded me of when Jerry needles George in the mistaken John Voightcar John mix up by quipping, I know sometimes I spell my name with a G and an I. <laughs> um... And then he mentions Larry uh, inexplicably being drawn to that which repels him, George and the masseuse, who he found irresistible. Come with Guy. He says, I want to give a shout out to Richard Lewis here. The opening scene with him and Larry was the most ad-libbed of any scene in Curb history. These were two were literally just going at it as friends. Larry totally breaking character and laughing naturally and even digging extra deep in a way you can only to a friend of 50 years by saying he wished the sickly Richard would just die. Hilarious stuff and nice to see good old Dick back on the set. Having said that, the real choice for Come With Guy was easy for me. It has to be Stan. The caddy? No, the prop man. He just made me laugh my ass off with bottled up anger, his extreme physical threats, incredible accents, and just how right he was in being frustrated putting up with that little shit Asa. Hilarious work from Stanley, no doubt, making Irish listeners of the pretty, pretty, pretty good podcast around the world proud. Asshole of the week. I mean, sure, Irma got off to a bad start with the no tapping routine. If we've learned anything from Leon, you always tap. But she recovered and was great to be around for the rest of the episode. Well, let's say good. I'm not thrilled with the fake winner routine for one Ruthie Cohen. No, Berman. But listen, a woman's got to do what she can to get ahead with the, ad- with the advantages given to her. Clearly, Cheryl was very much in contention this week because she breathed. But let's face it, folks, the asshole of the week in a landslide. Nothing like Riefenschmeifer's victory. This was a Reagan Mondale 1984's landslide goes to Asa the asshole. The little shit lives the dream of every 17-year-old boy in history by making good with a foreign supermodel, cashes in on it, and somehow uses it as a springboard for a life with a built-in excuse for being an intolerable jerk. He's a pinpusher, a rat, a full-of-himself artist, a sniveling little weasel, and maybe now that Riemann Schneider is back in office, he'll be prosecuted to the maximum extent allowed under the law. Being locked in a room with no windows and a lot of mugs, glasses, and vegan snacks with ticked-off Stan the Irishman. 
for his ranking. He says the episode is very solid, tight, well-structured, with a little something for everyone. Not overly hilarious, not overtly hilarious, not geniusly tied together, not showing off, but not in the meaty part of the curve either. I have it ranked 20th of the 87 episodes so far, which makes it pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four pretties, one no pretty. Now we can only hope Tracy Ullman does for Curb what she did for The Simpsons. Another 30 years of Curb. Wow. So even uh, Jared, uh, Mr. Curmudgeon Negative himself off in his ratings. <laughs> Absolutely love this episode. Love this episode. Um, okay. Now for the counterpoint, we go to Jim Crumley, who says Irma Kostrowski was one of the weaker shows of the season. It was fine as a setup episode, but it was just not particularly funny. One and a half pretties. Come with guy is Stan for dealing with Asa without throttling him. Fucking asshole all the week. Asa for all of the throttle worthy behavior. Next, we go to Zach Brooks, who says no happy new year after January 6th is a wonderful political platform. I'm assuming neither of you would be voting for no would be voting for no kids under 10 at restaurants, though. I'm sure neither of you have had lobster, but I can assure you it's better than the three pretties that Larry described. Fucking asshole is Irma, who says it's like they designed the fucking asshole in the lab. <laughs> Come with is Leon per normal. The bride of Frankenstein stuff was great. Three and a half pretties from Zach to vegan Brooks. And finally, we end off with Olin Allen, the Irishman himself, who says fun, fantastic episode. O'Beal returned to form and some great banter and excellent performances from the main special guests. And that is just a per- pretty, pretty, pretty good episode in anticipation of Ali being on star of my favorite irregular podcast series of the top 753 Seinfeld lines. As for Curb, much the same applies. Great to have Richard Lewis back. I love the little remarks when reacting to Irma. Tracy Ullman was a great guest performance, and it felt really blended the ace story in the season arc of Young Larry very well together. He gives the episode four and a half pretties out of five. Just the unrealistic reaction to losing by a single vote on the first full count didn't end the episode satisfactorily. Come with guy has to be my fellow Irishman on the props goes above board and work has a great rapport with Larry on set. Lovely English wife as well has that great quality of being someone who goes on a rant that could just leave the room without them noticing as I could do with some of my Dublin in-laws. Also his line about how he couldn't pay a woman to touch him as a younger man at home as I have paid a month's rent for a lady without even a hug. Her place was much more expensive and fancier than mine. Although it was more out of low self-esteem guilt rather than any amorous or lustful desire. Looks like I was the real fucking mug there. And for the fucking ass of the week, he says, young Larry actor, leave my compatriot, hardworking, stressed out prop guy alone. And that is our postman. That was that was the most uh, the most postman letters that we've ever gotten. The mail, uh, the mail carrier's bag was very heavy this week. Mm, well done we, by the postman we, carrying them yeah, all. We certainly thank everyone. Um, as a reminder, always, you could send those into curb postman at gmail.com. Ratings, rankings, feedback, anything you want to send in, we're happy to read it. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right, Op, what is our overall episode ranking? Yeah, so we had for the audience, we had an audience score of 3.14, which was 63 overall just for the audience. You add on a four from me, a four from Allie, um, a one and a half from Alex, and that averages out to a little bit higher. If we go all the way up, from 3.14 to 3.16. Um, it does, however, jump 12 spots from an audio rank, audience rank of 63 to an overall rank of 51. Um, Even with my one and a half? Interesting. Yeah, because I guess the, the R24s are yeah. enough to carry the day, keep it above that three. Okay. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> Uh, next week, what have I done? 
this is an episode I think that just the title of it has me so excited, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I definitely hear that. Do you have could also, also work for succession, by the way? Yeah. We, we've had that a few times this season. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll cross over. I think Igor, Gregor, and Timor could work as a succession episode title. Uh, you know, the episode where they went went to some Eastern European country to try and get financing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All but right. The, here, the Mormon advantage could also work. Here is the promo for season 11, episode eight. What have I done? Hey, did you call earlier? Our phones have been down all day. Yeah, I was calling to see if Jake had converted. But um bump. What's that? But um bump. <laughs> you know. Mm, yeah, that's what I thought you did. Little women? Yeah. I cannot stand those March sisters. Boy, do they get on my nerves. What about them gets on your nerves? Yeah, they're giggling all the time, making jam, getting under the blanket, cozying up with Marmy. What? I am so sorry. I'm still mad at you. So disappointed. Yeah, everybody's disappointed in me uh. at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, we see that he's actually dating Irma now. At least trying to, yeah. Trying to, yeah. We have another guest star coming next week. We uh, have, yeah. Well, what, what in the first scene he, has Jake converted yet? Who's Jake? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, we'll and, and that actress, I recognize her. Who is that? The receptionist who does the bump bump. Uh, but she did look familiar, but I don't know. By the way, it's not bump bump. It's bump. Yeah, that's snare. But yeah, that we will discuss next week. Uh, uh, it's been a long one. It's been a fun one. It's been a very enjoyable one. Even if I didn't love the episode of Curb, I thought that the episode of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good was, in fact. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Get a life, Jews.